enter a nexus of science, violence, and nonsense, where fake news, pseudoscience, and weaponized stupidity meet full-contact fact-checking and peer-reviewed ass-kicking. And as always, no bullshit allowed. Recorded live at Bullshito Headquarters in Austin, Texas, this is the Art of Fighting BS Podcast. Man, you come right out of a comic book. Chocolate lines up planetarily with the sun. Chocolate is an octave of sun energy. Brain chips in the trips. They get the trips. Special vaccines that are really nanotech that already re-engineer their brains. What, what are you gonna do? Excuse me, sir. I don't want any trouble. Sure, on some planet, your style is quite impressive, but your weak link is this is Earth. Hey, well, I get to learn karate. Karate, the Dane Cook of martial arts. No. We do not need that many vaccines. What does the scouter say about his power level? It's over nine thousand. We have a saying back home that if you're coming on. Come on. Keep the yoga mat out of your mouth and on the floor. You know friends and family that eat yoga mat? Oh, in the parking lot. Are we fucking on the phone? Get him a body bag! Yeah! Alright. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of the official Bullshito Podcast. This evening, starring Frost. Fuck yeah. JNP. Buenas noches. Special guest. A comedian podcaster working out of the Salt Lake City area, Matt Foster, is half of the Nighthawks podcast, the cinema-centric podcast for people who stay up late. And I am, as always, your completely incompetent host, messenger hey no seriously <clears throat> hey matt so um uh, at least partially competent so i, I just want to like start this out by saying uh fuck martin scorsese and his stupid fucking fuck face F- fuck what, what's your take on that i don't i don't know what a fuck face is but i aspire to build one one day yeah. <laughs> hey everybody uh, we're doing tonight's episode on movies Thank you very much. So, yeah, it's movie BS, and that's the notion, but yeah. I, Is I it can, like a war face? Uh, Let me see your war face. Uh, uh, okay, so, that um, translates very well on a podcast. So, yeah. you were saying, <laughs> sir, Matt, please continue. Uh, oh, I just, um, yeah, Scorsese's kind of digging himself a grave with the uh, with the peasantry, uh, with the peasantry, isn't he? Making, making no friends, fuck. mocking the comics. Yeah. I mean, come on, because like 50% of the movies now. Well, and also what, what gets me about it is it's not like, 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 sure, he's had some critically acclaimed stuff, but it's not like he's really like, you know, like Callan Briard or somebody like he's not like a weird high end, you know, uh, Jodorowsky, you know, Scorsese's not somebody that's, that doesn't make pop movies per se, yeah. but I don't know. I don't, I st- I'm, I'm still deciding how I felt about Joker. So maybe he's right. I just haven't gotten there yet. Well, I, I don't even really think that that was so much of a, a comic book movie. Yeah, it had a couple little obviously comic book elements with the, you know, referencing Batman and the Waynes and that kind of thing. Not to do any spoiling for it, but I, I don't give a shit. Um, but, I mean, you could have mixed out, like, with a little razor some of those things, and it would have just been 
a modern, weirder telling of falling down in a sort of way. I, I, I will say this. I think if I was Scorsese, I would be salty about Joker. Because um, Joker is pushing homage to the point of derivation, for sure. Was he... Like, oh, you're Taxi Driver. Yeah, like, like, like it is definitely not an inaccurate elevator pitch to call Joker uh, King of Comedy and Taxi Driver in a blender. Yeah. But, um, I don't know, I'm kind of like, the reaction I'm getting from people is that they think it's a really sincere, you know, kind of treatise on mental health. Like, they really bought the idea that, um, you know, Joker is this failed person that they, uh, should have been taken care of a little better, that, that should, shouldn't have slipped through the cracks, and they really appreciate its commentary on that level, and I... I don't know. Like, I find it kind of like a um, entitlement thing. Like, I just didn't, I didn't buy into that aspect enough to really empathize with the character. It was just. I mean, I, I'm no movie aficionado. I, I like a movie that is enjoyable. I go there because I want to be entertained, and you know, and usually I don't want to think too hard about it because shit, I think too hard about other things. Um, so the movie. It was uncomfortable, the whole thing. And and I get it. I understand the appeal of it. That's just kind of not my thing. And it irked the shit out of me that it didn't have a clear ending. Because, again, I kind of turn my brain off when I go to the movies. Especially a DC movie. Because, Jesus Christ, they're, they're generally bad. <laughs> Can we talk about Suicide Squad now? Oh, God. <laughs> no, let's not talk about that. Um. <laughs> I, was, I was literally... I don't know if you guys watch Mystery Science Theater... But like three quarters of the way through it, I leaned over to the person I was with, and I was like, "Can we talk about Mitchell now?" <laughs> yeah, which, which one? Because there's been like three or four of the mystery science. Yeah. At this point, um, yeah, the original though was still a classic. Man. So, what movies but, do you want to talk about? Well, I don't know. Like, I, I sort of, um, I, I, I forgot our quest to expand into general bullshit, and like, I was kind of like thinking along the martial arts line. Yeah, it is a it is a fountain of bullshit. That's that. I you mean, know, okay. So let's uh, let's talk about John Wick, or the story of Ricky. I mean, whatever. Uh, well, John John Wick is a perfect and true tale about a man and his dog. So there's no bullshit to discuss. That's exactly what happened in real life yeah. in the true biography, John Wick. I, I agree, and I think if um, you you say anything bad about John Wick these days, you're you're just going to get all the hate off the internet. So I I mean. I that so okay you got to respect the I, amount I, I of training say actually like yeah oh i'm sorry i didn't um, i'm trying not to cut everybody off no go ahead i have a little i have a little bit of delay so but um i'll say for john wick the technique showcased in john wick is at least generally possible you yes. know it's not i mean obviously he's like got diehard levels of movie movie armor you know yeah so um it it May or may not be public knowledge, but uh, bully uh, Stephen Kepfer, uh, Sambo Steve, uh, was part of the stunt team. Um, I don't think he had a direct role, but he definitely had a training role in uh, that movie. He had a well, so he he had an advisory role in the first, Se and I think for the second and the third that he was uh, like he was some directly of his guys training. Were, yeah. yeah, in it as yeah. well as stuntmen. Not some of his guys. He trained all of the guys that were doing all of that stuff, especially right. the like Sambo the school scene in Yeah, particular. exactly, yeah. yeah. We just went Well, and then you have Dacascos in 3 who is obviously a 
actual practitioner or practitioner on, on, on some level. Like, I, I don't know how, um, how long he's been movies versus competitive, but he was at one point a pretty respected figure. Yeah, I mean, I don't and then, think we, then he made a crow series. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, he's like Jet Li or Donnie Lou. He, he can actually move uh, in such a way that you, it's highly believable that he can walk the walk. I mean, he'd get his ass kicked in a like MMA fight, but you know, whatever. whatever. So we we don't get well, too. I don't know. I mean, he might have decent skills. At Did this he? point, he's fifty. You know, but he was in. Like, yeah, I'm uh, fifty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You like you keep going on about age, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, Wait, you what, what at, were we talking about? <laughs> we were talking about Jet Li sucks. You know, I, I once uh, told a co-worker at a company that was actually owned by a Chinese company. and um, A co-worker so, that was owned by a Chinese no, no, company? The, the, Outrageous! At, at a company. Slavery! Th- this dude's name was, uh, I sort of got, he, you know, a lot of, when you come over to the United States, you pick a, uh, if you're Chinese, you pick a name that's more American, right? Americanized. So I think, he's, I forgot what his real name was, but he, he chose a name Jack. Cool. But the problem was his last name was Wang. So anyway, that that's completely irrelevant to the story. But uh, we were having a conversation about that, and I was like, "Yeah, um, but Jet Li is, is not an actual fighter. I could probably kick his ass." And this was years ago. Um, and, and so I mean, I it looked like I just you know I don't know like crapped in his mom's lap. It, that was the look on his face. It, I guess he is a cultural. They take that shit really seriously over there. So, and, but, well, I will say this, like. For some of these guys that you have this, you know, stunt versus, like, they they definitely trained in something for five or ten years before they started doing stunts, and they're definitely in better shape than the average American walking around the streets. Oh yeah, so no. like Jet Li could kick most people roughly his size's ass, or at least he could in his prime. I, I thought he was like dying of cancer or something lately, um, but no, I mean I, I would have whooped his ass, and I definitely would now. And I'd love to do that. So, hey, Jet, if you're listening for some strange fucking reason, bring it on, motherfucker. I, I'm pretty sure that Jet could hit you like 20 times before you even blink. Yeah, and uh, then, I, then I'd be like, slow, oh, did, old white did, guy. did you hit me? Did, did you hit me, you 130-pound, <laughs> you know, old Twinkie? Foom, right. foom, foom reference. Foom, 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 foom. Note. That's in the intro. You, yeah, I okay, know, but okay. uh, uh, Sub just uh, called that out. He just yeah. did that. So, yeah. so um, other movies. I don't know. Like, like the one that cracked me up recently uh, was the uh, the the Bruce Lee scene in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, I heard about that. that. There's a. I haven't seen the movie, but there's a big fucking brouhaha over what was it that well, they they well, uh, Tarantino showed you. You explain it. I'll shut the fuck up. Brad Brad Pitt's character is a stuntman, and he's a stuntman that's also a veteran. And there's some there's some darkness in his past that his that uh, it's implied that he can't get a job from anybody but uh, uh, but DiCaprio's character because he is alleged to have killed his wife on a yacht like a very a very kind of Robert Evans incident and so between being like having been to uh, I believe contextually it would have been think he's supposed to be a Vietnam vet, but maybe Korea or maybe even World War II based on their ages. Because it happens in what, 60, happens when Sharon Tate died. So 69, 68, I don't know. I I'd have to 68. look it up. Yeah. But, uh, so the point being Brad Pitt's Brad Pitt's size. Yeah. And, and he's a stuntman on a Bruce Lee movie. Um, and, or on a green, on the Green Hornet actually. And, He's sitting there like they're they're lining up the stunt team and Bruce Lee's giving the stunt crew 
the old my hands are registered deadly weapons. And he goes, if I kill someone in a fight, I go to jail. And and Brad Pitt's character goes, man, if anybody kills anybody in a fight, they go to jail. It's yeah. called manslaughter. <laughs> and they get into a, you know, they get in a tiff over it. And uh, they agree to, I think they, they agree to something short of full combat. It's like they, they agree that whoever, whoever knocks you down three times or something is the winner. Yeah. Which is very consistent with Kung Fu challenges that we've observed. They have to be, God forbid you just fight according to the rules, right? Yeah. But yeah, so, so they start fighting and like he gets Bruce once and Bruce gets him once. And then the third one, he just picks him up bodily and throws him into a parked car and just, and just caves in a panel on the car. Oh, so sort of a Gene LaBelle kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when, that's when, of course, the uh, Kurt Russell's character, that's the boss, shows up and breaks them up. Yeah. So they don't, they don't, they don't show a fight to completion between the two of them. Say one of them would have won. Yeah. But but they very keenly make the point that he's not quite as hot shit as he's made out to be. Okay. And it definitely it definitely set off some weeb rage. Yeah, because man, you you say anything about Bruce Lee, and there's still a highly vocal contingent of. <clears throat> I don't know, dweebs out there that, that get... Uh, this was like 10 years ago on the Something Awful forums. I actually got in an argument with like, all those knuckleheads that are like, dude, Mike Tyson would ruin Bruce Lee. Mike Tyson's like 230 pounds. Bruce Lee is about the size of his lunch. He'd bite his ear off. Well, yeah, but I mean, just in a in a fight, it wouldn't even... There, there's not enough mass we're, we're in the body. Gonna, wait, what, why are we talking about stuff that was dead 15 years ago? Because it's still going on. Okay. They're, they're still arguing did, about this. Did Johnny get to... Uh, I'm sorry, Matt. Matt, did Matt get the chance to finish his story? Yes, he did. That was, yeah, that's basically the end of it. It ends yeah. without conclusiveness. Yes, Matt but, uh, got his story in. It does, it does make the point that like other people knew martial arts at the time, like which I, I find the most compelling thing yes. about it. You know, uh, Boxing, judo, wrestling. The, the, was well, literally, Gene great. LaBelle was a stuntman on a lot of Bruce yes. Lee movies. And, and there was an interaction with him. But the dead horses aside, okay? Um, so we are talking movies here on, <laughs> yes, I know. So it's, so Judo Gene was in Men in Black 2. Was he still alive? He was. He was on, so. yeah, so I, I just realized this for the first time, like, uh, I don't know, two weeks ago or something like this. I posted on the forums. I was like, holy shit, that's Judo Gene. And I looked it up and it really was. So Men in Black 2, there's the subway scene where, um... Jay and uh, like you know the dumb guy. Uh, just for the re- just for the record, Gene LaBelle is still alive. Holy shit! No <laughs> shit. Good he, for him. He still has red hair too. Yeah, no, he has a gym out in like Las Vegas or something, right? Yeah, good yeah. for him. Being Ronda alive. Rousey used to. I mean, they were buds back yeah. in the day. That makes me feel better. And if you don't know it, our dear listeners, you should check out the story about when Judo Gene choked Steven Seagal out and spectacularness happened afterwards yeah. code brown you mean the you mean the thing that never happened and my cia handler will erase you if you keep propagating it <laughs> you know we got one of those going on the bullshito forums right now the right the, the, fuck the, now, the yeah. cia actually we got two kind of if you yeah. if you kind of extend it out and whatever and uh shout out to bkr for just kicking butt from a just slogging through the investigation uh standpoint gotta recognize so yeah, Steven Seagal shit his pants um, on the set of a movie, and I, I don't know if we're allowed to talk about it, but I don't. Ladies I don't and gentlemen, 
the yeah. site founder and owner. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Paragon of subtle, Very, subtlety. Yeah. Verified fact that I just asserted. And restraint. Yeah. It's just like, this is why we go through lawyers. And so. and he should probably say expletive Trump at this point. Just, the, just to round need a, a, a fuck Trump in there. Okay. Uh, so, <clears throat> <clears throat> movies, please. For the love of Pete. Um, all right. So, what is everyone's favorite movie? Oh, shit. Ever? Yeah. Mm. I got to go. I with, think you should go first. <clears throat> I got to go with Kubrick's Shining. Really? Yeah. Favorite movie ever? Kubrick's so, that would Shining. be in the category of movie I can't watch over and over again, but still my favorite movie? No, no, no. I can watch that over and over again. It's, it's so. Check, it, please. The Shining. Gotta go. Yes, The Shining. Run away. I love that movie. I could watch it over and over again. Um, I don't know why, you know? I mean, there's some stuff in that movie that is just so, I don't know, amateur or... Uh, but it's almost like he does it on purpose. Kubrick. Dude, the, the cheesy scene at the end with Jack frozen oh. in the maze. So? It just uh, that ruined the movie for me, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I mean, the book. I mean, I that's, you know, that, I'm one of those. You guys know that what? Read the book blame that the book. on the director. The story was good, and it was told in in a convincing way, and it was told in the way that people want to watch that over and over. Cooper, again. and right. anything that Cooper does. So, like you know, you know, like 2001. Like you want to watch that again and again and yeah, again, especially for that like the scene at the end on. where like you know, um, Bowman is going through the like, like things are going all crazy, how. like. I love I it. Got, and then you get yeah, to the white room, and it's like, wow! Like, whoever imagined anything like that? It was very close to the book, actually. Mm-hmm. That one was very close to the book. No, so, Matt, what were we going to say, Matt? Yeah, since you know actually oh, movies, and I suck. You, you yeah. have to stop sometimes and give something a little credit for being like of its time. Like, not not everything in The Shining is like. Uh, I mean, there's stuff in it that's probably corny if you watch it today, but it's because. It doesn't age well, not because he intended it to be silly, you know. So it's like you wouldn't. I always compare it to like a like a like if you go to theater, like live theater. Nobody ever goes to like a no theater, and they're like, "How come they're all wearing masks?" <laughs> but but people have a hard time giving like a movie from the sixties or seventies like credit for like well that was the special Lagoon. effects they had. So like, <laughs> that's like with um what is it uh, Citizen Kane? People are like what the fuck's so special about this movie, right? So, Rosebud. Yeah, but I mean, in, in hindsight, you, you you didn't realize because you you've had like what sixty years. No, of he was talking about history. the special effects and the overall appearance. Well, I'm just saying not- they're, they've done so many movie little tricks that I mean, Orson Welles did originally that the uh, well, you know okay. we, we take them for granted. Cinematic. So, so that, that's why it was great at the time, and now we're just like, what the fuck? It's just a movie about a dude that misses his sled. So, well, yeah, like the claymation and shit like that, like that, that doesn't work. You know, it's obviously fake. It was fake then when we watched it hey, in the theaters when it was brand the, new. Don't claymation be dissing Harryhausen, okay? That's all I got. The claymation say. in Citizen Kane? No, no, no. 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 I'm just talking <laughs> in general. <laughs> Did I miss? Wait, I thought I was the yeah, other but, one. But, but the other thing is like, uh, it's like when a, when a movie came out in 1950 or 1960, like, and it's a big stop motion ant attacking the city or whatever. Like, they knew that then, too. Like, right. They, they were just they about just, making money. I mean, in the 40s, they were all like a bunch of disposable movies about whatever the hell uh, script they could throw at the wall would stick. Wait, so <clears> what is your favorite movie? Well, let's get back to 
your favorite movie, Matt? Ooh, I don't know. My favorite genre movie, speaking of something that you can ruin with that definition, is probably still The Thing. Which like one? The original, the original Kurt Russell. Uh, well, well, the original is from the 50s with James Arness. Yeah, I don't I don't know. People, it, it's Allegedly, the scripts were, were inspired by the same short story, but those movies don't have a lot to do with each no, other. No, they don't. One's yeah. amazing and probably one of Carpenter's greatest work ever, and the other one's a cheesy sci-fi movie. <laughs> But that Sorry. kind of gets back to what I was talking about. I was like, you watch the, well, the thing is fairly artful in that it, um, like, it it has a good use of minimalistic exposure to the creature, which it, it has in common with probably the next closest I have to a favorite, which is Alien. Nice. Yes. Where where it's very um, artfully doled out how much you see it. And I love I know, that like, about Wolfen. Have you ever seen Wolfen with Albert Finney? <laughs> Yeah, I have, but I have to laugh because it's a, uh, it's referenced in Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Um, there's a part where they go, they go, they go, they go uh, our, our, uh, we are wolf and it's the Moonanites, you know, the little moon guys. And I'm one just of them goes, wolf and our God is an Indian who turns into a wolf and they get in a big fight about it. Aqua Teen Hunger and, uh, Force is still around? All these no, no, around? it was just, uh, I'm just uh, it, was, it was a buddy of mine's ringtone. Oh. Right. And, and for, for yeah, years, whenever you'd call his uh, his business, it would ring. Nice. It would ring through, and it would it would go. Uh, My God, is an Indian that turns into a wolf. <laughs> and I, uh, I so, so I have this permanent association. But yeah, the wolf is another one where like the idea is very creepy. Uh, was it the Seventh Sign with Lou Diamond Phillips, where he's like a body hopper? Uh, it's uh, Edward Olmos. The, the, Edward James almost he was in uh, BSG. He was uh, yeah. Adama. Yeah, Le- yeah, or, uh, no, uh, not Lee Adama. He was Lee Adama's yeah. father. Yeah, he was Commander <laughs> Adama. Oh, and he was in that, uh, what was it, like, uh, it, it wasn't was West Side Story. Yeah, he was, uh, it wasn't West Side Story. It was the prison but it was movie like, that put the, him on the map. No, but he was in that movie person. with the, the high school where he was like the principal. Oh, yeah, the principal. That, yeah. 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 Or maybe no, that guy's cool. I like him. Yeah, he's, he's a great actor. Yeah. All right, sorry. Squirrel Theater. He was... He was Jaime Escalante, the, the algebra teacher here. Yeah, 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 there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the these kids thing from uh, yeah. I just know the South Park episode. How do That's I these kids? not a condemnation of our culture at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, okay, I, I'm 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 confusing two two movies. There's Fallen with Denzel Washington and The First Power. Oh, Fallen is a good. I like that movie. I forgot but those that. those are both movies where the creature technically, like the creature in Fallen, never appears. They never they never get it out of the bodies and into the, you know. Yeah. It's always it's always just portrayed by an actor. Which is brilliant like that, and low budget at the same time. That's one thing that, like looping back around to Joker, I can't take away that when he finally walks out as Joker and, and like is is walking around like his. Like, if you just showed me that footage and told me that's what Keen Phoenix, I'd have been like, shut the fuck up. Like, like it doesn't even, it doesn't look like him. He doesn't walk like himself. It, it looks like his cheekbones are different. I, I, I would compare that to, like, that's why I can't completely dump on the movie because it's like, it Does definitely has so much a Boris Karloff tier portrayal. Nice reference. Well, didn't, didn't he lose, like, 50 pounds or something for, yeah, for that role? Yeah, he lost a ton of weight. Yeah. It was a super stressful set too, apparently. So, and that—that's exactly what Heath Ledger went through yeah. as well. Like yeah. he, he, like that's that's the problem with the method. Is like 
if you get too much into the method, it's going to fucking <clears throat> fuck you up. Yeah, yeah, do you think Joaquin Phoenix is going to kill himself? It's like, is there a Deadpool on this? No. I mean, <laughs> like, <laughs> I hope not. Like, and lifetime no. odds? Yeah, Joaquin like, oh. Phoenix was already pretty fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, his brother already, like, so... Um, that should be a uh, thing, though. Fuck. I mean, not not to be yes. a dick, but, I have know, to go there. So I'm, yeah. I'm me, so I gotta be me. Um, yeah, that should be, like, a tradition. You know, like, the, the drummer for Spinal Tap, but people that played together. <laughs> It just you know, <laughs> our fourth drummer died in a bizarre gardening accident. Yeah, it's just, it's a, wait, wait, so that's really, was that was really that Nigel Nigel Tufnell? So Nigel Tufnell is actually the six fingered man in in Princess in the Princess Bride, Bride which okay, is then. so. And it's, I love that joke because this one goes to eleven. <laughs> I never thought of that. Oh my Which, god! Which, speaking of Bullshito, all the fencing schools mentioned in the fencing scene in Princess Bride are real. No shit. What? They all reference real. Um, I did Hema for a while. They all reference real manuals and real people. Yes, that that is actually true. I can confirm that as well. Um, Although they're they're not particularly consistent with the choreography, like they're not actually doing the stuff they're describing. They definitely take a lot of liberties in order to make it a visually interesting scene, but the dialogue um, all references, you know, real historical swordsmen. Huh. I did that. And just, I know a lot about What was the name of the, the documentary about that choreographer? Um, Reclaiming the Blade. Have you guys ever seen that? Was that the choreographer for that? Because I saw the documentary and didn't re- realize he was a Princess Bride guy. Yeah, I think it was all one. Because he did that, and I believe he did Rob Roy, which has some great... Oh, no, man! Tim Roth looked yeah. badass I forgot that, that movie was a thing, but yeah. Such the, a bastard. The last so fight scene? The sword. Oh, yeah. and the, 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 the gangster wife, when she's like, she, when he's like, remember me to your husband, and she's like, I'll remember you dead until he makes you so. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, that was, that was rough, watching that scene of her washing herself out. I was just like, ugh, God. <laughs> Ugh. That whole movie, man, though that plot with the with the financial intrigue at like a at like a county fair level, yeah, it's such a good plot. Ever like, it's a great movie, but it's definitely one that's going to have uh, the old CW in front of it in these days. Yeah. Hmm. So, what's your favorite movie, Frost? No, well, I kind of want to get back to the fact that you know the people who play Joker should be contractually obligated to commit suicide. <laughs> I mean that Heath Ledger, man. I have to. I have to say, if you had Heath Ledger in a Deadpool, he scored. Yeah. Because what was he? Thirty. He was, was he forty? Like Thirty-three, yeah. maybe, or like he wasn't that old. Yeah. Right. He so just he come a, off of doing that thing with the the jousting and and shit, and he went right into. Really, the Knight's Tale. Thing? Yeah. Right. Well, so he came off of that and like basically went into Batman and like you know just like Richard yeah. Jason. No, he oh, did broke uh, back. In, broke, in, broke, in between, did, he did. Uh, um, he did. Lord, Lords of Dogtown. Those before that. Not a lot of people saw. Was that before? Did, oh yeah. Did yeah. He, no, no. Did broke he do back Broke Back Mountain early, before? Early. Um, before uh, the Night's Tale. I thought that was his like debut. Real. Night's Tale. <laughs> it was a Night's Tale, <laughs> and then he did uh, Broke Back Mountain, um, and then ten, you know, ten things I hate about you. Yeah, some some you know shit. Oh, that, that I didn't was watch. with uh, um, Julia Ormond. No. Oh my God! Julia Stiles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Julia Ormond is much better. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> Julia Child. Just wishing. Um, oh, Julia Child. I wish sexy. You, someone and, should someone should deepfake it with Julia Child. That would be incredible. Oh God, that would be great. Yeah, and they could cut off a finger like all those skits in Monty Python, and then Saturday Night Live. Speaking of, since I don't want to answer the question about my movies because that's one of my password recovery questions. Um, what um, <laughs> 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 what uh. 
What do you think about the the potential of deep faking entire actors uh, into things? Like, uh, aren't they gonna do James Dean or something? Like, how is that gonna um, work? Well, I mean, I they, I mean they, they, they did this years ago, right? They had um... Yul Brenner, Tully Savalas, Tupac. Like, are we gonna even need actors at, at, after a while? We're just gonna have that's like, a question. Tom Hanks starring in shit a uh, hundred years from now. Well, that's why I think the industry's like kind of fucking up by not getting behind Andy Serkis. Oh, uh, he's awesome! Because, yeah, because yeah. the right of people like I like SAG needs to start making a big squeak about your right to your digital image. Yeah, yeah, that guy. They, they need to at least be able to sell that before they die. You know, yeah. or 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 their estate needs to manage it. Yeah. Which reminds me, I have a mocap suit for you. No, no, you don't. <laughs> when we start doing video, and that way you won't show up. We're just gonna like. <laughs> we'll just we'll just put in a pumpkin. We're gonna chroma key you out. <laughs> we'll put in a couple of spots. Or no, no, we can. This this is all internal in jokes that nobody's gonna fucking get. But <laughs> we can just like usually like morph him over the the course of the episode from him into a pumpkin. So, so <laughs> it, it, like like a like a status bar as the night goes on is like I, I gotta go. Oh, okay, I'd, I'd be down with that. Turn into a pumpkin. I'm totally down with that. Oh god, only so, the, they make fun of me because I'm always like I gotta go. I'm old. Yeah, he gets go up at like three in the morning to go, and he's got like an hour drive. Milk the construction Whatever. cows or something. I don't. I don't an hour, no big deal. But yeah, so a, um, AI acting and all that shit. I gotta walk the street corner tomorrow to pay my gas bill. It's not not a big deal. But, but I, I can see that happening. I can see like pretty much every single goddamn actor of all time, now that we, especially the ones from today, becoming permanent stars forever, like um, Anne Hathaway in, I don't know, Rocky 75, and, and that kind of shit. Well, then that begs the question, will the license be graduated? Like, like will Anne Hathaway be a separate subscription from Anne Hathaway Nude? <laughs> Oh, you know, what are, what are those <laughs> Tears. Gonna be like? I mean, if they're smart, they'll do that. I mean, yeah. you could construct your own goddamn movie out, out of like you know people. You just pick and choose like a character generator in a you know some online game. What and, was that Ready Player One, where everything was you know set up for the virtual world in a graduated manner? Yeah, I guess that. I mean, that might be where we're going with it. I don't know. Uh, well, but so I don't know. Their their concept know, of VR is just trash because you got to get up and move. <laughs> if I wanted to do that, I'd, I'd go do actual shit. Yeah, that's way too non-American. That that's like European in you know values. Well, the Matrix that's covered like, that before. It plugged into a thing. Ready Player One. Oh, speaking of the Matrix, the Matrix Four. This is the thing that's happening. What? Yeah. Uh, right. Oh yeah. <laughs> Frost is puking over here. Matt, what are your thoughts on the next Matrix with a returning cast? Bye. Who who is already like fifteen years past her prime? I think with the um, those people should have the clout now to make whatever movie they want, like the Wachowskis and Keanu Reeves and like anybody anybody that was in the Matrix that consents to return for the Matrix can can probably tell a studio what to do. So potentially it could be really great, or potentially it could be like. Uh, 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 a movie for no one like Cloud Atlas. Vanity Project Gone Awry. Wait, what? I didn't mind. Uh, well, yeah, I thought yeah, some well, parts like, of Cloud I'm, Atlas were good. Like, no, no, no. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying it's a movie for no one. Like, some, like it's not a... It, it didn't make its money back. 
Oh, it's like one of those <laughs> those memes is like nobody, and then Cloud Atlas. Yeah. Hey, we're a movie. That's probably there's a, a thing that there's a reason Hollywood doesn't make four hundred million dollar art films because there aren't enough people to see them. So, all my favorite movies, everyone dies. Yeah, see, I only know about Cloud Atlas because it was made fun of from Rick and Morty. So that's you know, I, I know I know secondhand movies. I'm once a again movie expert. Frost um, with the high cultural touchstone <clears throat> yes. of the evening. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Jerry Smith played um, Tom Hanks' character in Rick and Morty's version of Cloud Atlas. Actually, you guys, the humor in Rick and Morty is very sophisticated. I'll stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't get it. You're not smart enough. You touch a girl. So. No, have you seen the actual the, the actual copy pasta that goes around whenever somebody starts that conversation? No, no, is it? It's, there's an actual like five paragraph thing that starts with the humor in Rick and Morty is actually very subtle. Oh, <laughs> And it's it's um it's quite a load of bullshit, but gotta, it usually shuts down the conversation. It's no BoJack Horseman. Yeah, uh, hey, I, I love that show. It took me a minute to get, but I mean, I, I slogged through until I got to the abortion episode, and I was like, "Oh my fucking god!" Yeah, you you got me. Uh, the, That's one of those ones. It's one of those ones like Louie that I can actually only watch one of. Like I can't binge watch it. Yeah, because it's, I'm, it's I'm, got I'm some sorry, weight. Louis never aired. It's been wiped from all the obelisks. Oh, shit. That's true, hasn't it? I haven't seen it. Because I, I used to think that that... I mean, that, honestly, aside from him, you know, like, touching himself in front of people, that was a really good... thought. The at this episode on uh, when he was a little boy and, you know, the Catholic Church and the crucifixion and how fucking... He, like, basically got PTSD over, like, how graphic they were going into it. That that episode was heavy. And that was that was good. That was a good episode of a television show. No, I mean, it's yeah, a shame. it's sort of a, it's definitely an argument for never meeting your heroes, you know. Yeah, yeah. Especially if your hero is Roman Polanski, um, then you just shouldn't even talk about your hero. <laughs> Jesus, didn't he just rape? Like, okay. No, another woman came out and has accused him he when had... she was a minor. Another adult woman has accused him of. You know, I, 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 I kind of want to cut him a little slack because of the whole helter skelter thing. He didn't get like killed. If he had, then he wouldn't have. No, he he didn't, but his wife did. Like that's that's okay, kind you, of you, fucked you up. You lose like, your wife. You don't, you don't get any slack for sexual you don't, assault at any time. Okay, yeah. I mean, uh, if that was the well, case, you can't. Especially wait like year old. Like it's not like like a lot of. What, what about Woody or uh, Woody Harrelson? Woody Harrelson, not Woody Harrelson. Woody Allen. Sorry. That well, motherfucker. He needs to be strung up from his Achilles tendons. I'm surprised his well, wife didn't do that. He. That's that's he married his step or his adopted daughter his, or whatever. I don't even think here's, was she actually even adopted. Yeah, that's just, not a, no. That's doesn't. It was make like it his is, wife's no. adopted daughter. Yeah, here's still a child Woody he Allen. raised. Yeah, go go, Matt. Like in defense of Woody Allen, <laughs> asterisk limited. The timeline plays out as such that he broke no law. That you can't really, I mean, to me, it bothers me because, like, I mean, a lot of people get some money and they date low, right? Like, if you're Woody Allen, you look like Woody Allen, you've had Woody Allen's life until Woody Allen got famous, you maybe go, hey, I want to date a 21-year-old once, get it out of my system, right? And that's creepy enough, but then you go, what about, like, a 21-year-old that I raised? And like it does, it certainly you're not is a little him unconventional, shall we say? I mean, right? you, you, but well, you raised her right. 
No, oh. but she won't turn him in for anything. And she we'll was, edit this part. She was quite a bit. She was quite a bit older than people think. She like like most people. If you ask them when they got married and how long they've been together, like they'll get it wrong. I just and and if you if you ask them how long they lived together when she was a kid, they'll get it wrong. So there is sort of like I mean, it's weird. But it's legal. Okay. There's nothing. There's nothing to so arrest. Woody the Allen. whole part where you if you want to date a 21 year old at his age, whatever he is, eighty thousand years old. Well, I don't give a fuck. Um, okay. Okay. Whatever. You well, got that urge. But the part where you go, I'm going to date the girl instead that I raised from a child. That's the part because Woody Allen could find somebody that he did not raise who was 21. Is all I'm saying. Okay. But that's so, the thing is, he didn't really raise her for that long. Like they were right. She was already like a teenager at uh-huh. the point when that, that's kind of worse though. If yeah. you Still adopt a sixteen-year-old so, Vietnamese so girl, so like, creepy. There's an ulterior motive from the beginning. I'm not saying it's not creepy. I'm oh. just saying, but th- 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 this that's isn't the like the statement though. That's it. Creepy. Bye. Electroshock therapy to yeah, the yeah. There's there's genitals. just nothing to arresting. For, I I don't know. Not, I, I don't want to be illegal. ghost fifty five, but I've got a hard stop there. Okay, <laughs> it, th- yeah. th- this is sort of a, a punch in Nazis argument. I mean, it's not illegal to stand on a street corner with a swastika, but you should get punched in the fucking mouth for it. So that's well. Uh, I'll put it this way: I don't go to his movies. Fair enough. Yeah, I will. I actually not since radio days. I that was the end for me. I can't remember where I stopped, but like, um, at some point, I'm like, his movies make me squirm and feel uncomfortable because he's just innately uncomfortable with life, and that's that whole. There's a whole genre about that in Hollywood. Like, I'm uncomfortable with life, and I'm going to make comedy about it, and it's genius and it's brilliant in its own way, but it's still people that aren't comfortable in their own skin, right? It's all about that. That is the basis of that form of comedy. Yeah. Um, but then, I mean, that—that that is the art form, right? Right. It, to so make it, it funny. But no, it doesn't have to be like a lot you, of times you don't have to like it. This is life. this is art. So you know, this is uh, a thing that we had going on the forums today. Was uh, it, actually, I think it was talking about Heinlein, right? Your favorite author. Not my favorite author, but I uh, or read. one one of one of your tops. His favorite right? author, yeah. Talking about um, you know, like an an expurgated version of the book versus like the uncovered yeah, long full versus thing. short uh, Stranger yeah. in a Strange Land. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Stranger I'm sorry, Strange Matt. Land. I'm sorry, I'm now. So, <laughs> so like, who, who are you to say um, what the artist's expression is supposed to be? Right. So you know, granted, you're the audience. Every and- artic critic everywhere just silently cried out in a great showing of the force whatever right but <laughs> my livelihood but from the artist's perspective it's like i don't give a fuck what you think i'm expressing my art as well you should as an artist but sometimes you do the piss christ and i'm sorry but your shit sucks so Mabel like I, well, I don't give a fuck if you don't think it's good or not right like i'm this yes, is you my should expression be free to create and right? i should be free so, to make fun of you well no let me get an editor to come in and make it more palatable for you the plebeian eh. But that's exactly what we're talking about. My favorite movie is Guardians of the Galaxy, so I I want to take this a little bit more lowbrow, you fucking art snobby. Do not make me choke you. Now, here's here's the difference vis-a-vis Hollywood. 
The difference is you, the artist, you took that plebeian's $200 million to make something and split the money with him. Right. And there's crazy pressure so, there. So financial. It's, not, it's not like you're a dreadlocked kid in Soho, like, like doing murals. You know, you, you, you get a contract before he even, before you even turn any cameras Matt on. Foster just revealed Banksy's secret identity just on, on this podcast tonight. So how much did the author get? The author sold the script for like 50 grand or whatever. Well, it depends on the movie, but yeah, I mean. So, and then the studio went and made like $300 million off of it. But then the other thing is, who's the author of a movie? Like, if you've ever read a spec script that sold for 50 grand, sometimes they're not that ethereal. They're right. almost. Well, I mean, the, the movie almost never mirrors the book, and we all if know you, that. That's if, you, if you read the script for Joker, would you feel the scriptwriter was the auteur of Joker? Or is, or is the director the auteur of Joker? How, how much of Joker is visual? Or is Joaquin Phoenix the auteur of Joker? Well, like, that gets you, into you, a you lot can't, of interesting... You can't, you can't put a movie in an Omega blender and squish but you out... Like, I mean, quantitatively, you would have to know how much he changed the script versus how much the script... I mean, and also how much he... His ability to emote... Well, I mean, but that's it's a not even highly subjective thing. It it, it is very subjective, and, and I don't think it is just quantitative. Like I don't think you could just measure that because there is an element of um, aesthetic to it, which is going to differ from person to person. There actually is a poor bastard at the uh, screen at the screenwriters guild whose job it is to me to measure to review drafts and measure by percentage. How much the different people that have done a draft get the writers cut of the money? No shit. And I can't imagine a like that's a pretty thankless task. It's better to be the fluffer. <laughs> Not too many fluffers on Woody Allen movies, I hope. Uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> outside of the family. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so. That's why we have the frost button. So classy. <laughs> so classy. Yeah. yeah. No, I've already advocated for suicide, so let's um <laughs> we're we're already in hell. So, uh so Matt, hey, you you know a little bit like you know fuck done more about the movie industry. Since you know we are ostensibly about bullshit, um I have a vague awareness that there is some sort of movie uh, accounting bullshit that is why they screw so many like the creative people out of stuff is like some creative accounting where they, every single movie makes a, like that makes zero money. Uh, are you familiar with that, that thing? Well, that's kind of the, uh, the plot of the producers, you know, um, there yes. are, um, it's one of those things kind of like backrooming in Vegas. It was definitely much more of a practice in the early movie industry. To give a guy net points and then have make sure the movie never made any net, you know, kind of kind of like the difference between a nonprofit and a not for profit. Yeah, but um, see, I have concerns because I um, if I ever like get a screenplay made out of my my novel uh, Texas, a, a comedy of violence. Um, <laughs> that, that's a running joke. I'm never gonna finish that fucking thing. Um, but um, yes, and and I decide, hey, I, I want you know, you can give me like fifty bucks in a in a bucket of chicken. Uh, but I, what I really want is like five uh, percent of the of the gross. And so what they would do is, 
Uh, well, yeah, there's no gross. We didn't, we didn't make any money or, or however, you know, uh, so, uh, fuck you and, you know, enjoy your chicken. Well, if you want an agreement like that, I suggest you get a pretty good lawyer because you can always use like, if, if you get somebody to ever agree to the gross, even the gross has to be defined because we talk about gross. What are you oh. talking about? Are you talking about box office? Yeah. Are you talking about like what the, the people from Star Wars that were in A New Hope? They had unusually clear and forthright gross deals, and that's why they're all wealthy off of the first movie they ever did. Or dead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so be it. You know. Unfortunately. But. But. Uh, Carrie Fisher. God rest oh, her soul. Yeah. I mean, why couldn't they have taken Harrison Ford? Carrie Fisher was a good one. Probably because Harrison Ford didn't circulate the Hollywood party scene doing blow for thirty years. Yeah. But, <laughs> Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> he's a pretty good carpenter, actually. I got a lot of respect. That, I heard that he was like a carpenter on he the was. set. So he started and like, hey, exactly. hey, come stand in and you know just you you well, he'll he'll read big diner, right? Or, well, so understand the reason why he was a carpenter on the set was he was trying to bust into being an actor. Well, he did yeah. the well. What was it? Diner, uh, American Graffiti. Um, yeah, American yeah. Graffiti. American when he was graffiti, young, yeah, and yeah. then didn't get any work for like fifteen years or something, and became a carpenter to the stars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, funny story. Uh, he is in the Civil Air Patrol in Wyoming. No shit. Yeah, he he has a house at Jackson Hole. So he's is is in the Civil Air Patrol. Isn't that related to how he broke his leg? Um, yeah, he did Star at one point get a, get an injury during uh, some of their activities, I think. But he's actually done several rescues. So, like, imagine you're a stranded hiker, and there comes Han Solo in a Cessna and picks you up. <laughs> Dude, I would let him cradle me like a baby like no one else on the planet. That's <laughs> Hopefully his uh, co-pilot is a giant dude with, you know, a lot of a lot of body hair. Indiana Jones, you've uh, saved me. Uh, I'm, um, I'm slowly sliding my chair away from <laughs> 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 yeah, no. True story, I have never seen Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. It still doesn't it's still not real. You're not missing anything. Yeah, you're anybody. not missing anything. No, nope, I haven't seen it. All right, either. you can skip it. I did see the South Park episode about <laughs> No, the the one where um, was it George Lucas and Steven Spielberg were literally raping uh, Indiana Jones, like graphically, well for a cartoon. That was, yeah, that was pretty brutal. Yeah. I, well, I, 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 I mean, the one thing about sunshine tonight, sir. Yeah, no, I mean it, that goes back to Car- George Carlin's assertion that you can joke about anything, including rape, and uh, I'm like, okay, I get it. you know, it's a fictional character, and those two guys are assholes. So yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't no, know. It's, it's like that. That's it's like, kind of my philosophy is if. If George Carlin says it's okay, then it's okay because uh, like that well, guy was that guy was a Bill freaking genius. Yeah. What were you gonna say, Matt? Oh, I was gonna say it's it's pretty like because the trade off there is you're always writing off a certain number of people, and so like from a commercial standpoint, if you make a joke that's funny enough that you recruit more people than you alienate, you can joke about anything. Well, from a, a practical standpoint, if you're in an open mic with ten people. You might not want to piss off one of them. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, unless you're, but, you know, you're unless you're you sized, then you know you're, you're probably okay. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. It's kind of a strange, like, uh, like, like the the Six and Stones Chappelle special, right? Yes. Since that came out, and they had that LBGTQ joke in it. Yeah. Like a lot of people are draping themselves in that flag, oh, and they'll God. make some. Just some hacky ass chick with a dick joke, and someone in the audience will like say something, and they'll be like, "Oh, look, the teas are coming for me," just like Chappelle said. And it's like, well, uh, uh, dude, I, I hate to break this to you, but you are not 
uh, Dave Chappelle. Like, uh, I think you could get like a mirror. And just, uh, you don't even need a mirror. Just look at your hands. Sort that out. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, and, and to be fair to Dave Chappelle, that, man, that that was spot on. Uh, and I, I guess, you know, I don't want to get too far into the not movie stuff, but holy shit, was there, that was like the culture war front line for a couple weeks. That, that hey, back and forth. Dave Chappelle did make a movie that is legit probably in my top 20. I won't say it's top 10, but uh, he made Half-Baked. <laughs> yeah. That is actually which, a pretty funny movie. Who doesn't like that? For, which it's it's moronic, but it's so quotable. You know what? Cheech and Chong has not aged well, and I went and saw those in the theater when they came out because I'm fucking old. But um, the half baked has actually aged pretty well. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. I don't even smoke weed, and I appreciate that movie. It didn't age well because sure. that wasn't his pee. What? That was his sister's pee. <laughs> Okay, really, really deep in jokes that no one's I, ever going to get. I got that because I've, I've watched Chichi Chong. That was uh, Up in the Smoke, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. with the, the soap. <laughs> like right at the beginning the when they're, soap. Like in the, they're in the van and it's like, oh, I got to take this to my parole officer to prove that I haven't been smoking, but I got one over on him. I got my sister. <laughs> Is she pregnant, man? <laughs> See, so, Good plan. And Have you guys ever seen? Okay, I'll tell you like a weird one. Have you ever seen Far Out Man? No. Man, that's, Far that's Out really Man familiar. has Chong, Tommy Chong, Radon Chong. Um, uh, uh, Tommy Chong's wife is in it a lot. What's her name? Sunbeam or whatever. The redhead that he's married to forever. Yeah, I think that that sounds right. And and it has C. Thomas Howell as himself, which is the reason I cannot. <laughs> Um, because, ah. because, because it's like, it was when his career had kind of started to like lose heat and like Judd Nelson is in it. And Whoa. he's like, when C. Thomas Howell meets Judd Nelson, he's like, Hey man, I really loved what you did in those movies, man. I, uh, you know, I'm something of an actor myself. You might remember me. Just picture me shorter, man. C. Thomas Howell. That's <laughs> right. I played pony boy, yo. <laughs> but, uh, um, it is this movie where, uh, Chong is, I think he's a retired musician, but he's essentially playing himself. He's a wealthy stoner. And these people are like conspiring to get his money. And uh, it is just one of the dirt dumbest, like, like the, um, like how people say Roadhouse is a, is a dumb movie for smart people versus a smart movie for dumb people. How dare you? Patrick Swayze is one of my heroes. Well, like, like actually it's, it's an example I like to talk about in terms of like structure of movies. Roadhouse is actually very well outlined. Yes. <laughs> like, Ro- Roadhouse is a very functional movie. It just it's got the action movie a, template really well structured. Yeah, it just yeah. has kind of a corny script and concept. But the but the movie, the actual pace of Roadhouse and the outline of it and the action that takes place in it and the pace at which it happens is almost like textbook. Plus, Ben Gazzara looks movie. fabulous in the whole movie. Right. No, I, I think actually Roadhouse was kind of... Guy. A um a template for future movies. Like I know it was already kind of like built out of stock stuff, but um you know the success Cyborg the success of Roadhouse at the time. That was just an eighties movie, like a Yeah, it was just like you could stamp these things out. Like you just like change the names, 
change the scenes a all little bit. All of Steven Seagal's movies were based on that same kind no, of all of structure. St- no, no, no. Steven Definitely Seagal, not far no, down below. About, like, like all of Steven Seagal's that movies. One was about the, that was the one about VD, right? Fire Down Below? <laughs> I'm like, dude, I don't know what, super secret guy VD does anymore, super secret so stuff. I don't know what you're and, talking about. No, my, my favorite Steven Seagal Hero movie is, when, is the one where he's like uh, on an airplane and gets sucked out the fucking thing. And I mean, come on. Even though he was on the poster and dies. Um, well, really, if you really want to talk it. Kelly LeBron, let's I forgot what that is. Executive. We're having side conversations here. Uh, your side conversations are overshadowing my Steven Seagal joke. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah, but Kelly LeBron. LeBrock. LeBron, whatever. LeBron, <laughs> and you're done. I'll, I'll see yeah. Kelly LeBron. She's like six eight. Yeah. Drops three pointers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Steven Seagal still underage raped her. And yeah. again, with the classiness. <laughs> oh, and that's the classy. end of this segment. So classy. <laughs> I don't think that's true, but he did abuse her while they were married. Like that's documented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it wasn't her that he he allegedly allegedly did that to. It was um. The uh, the woman that's in all those stupid romantic comedies with the the one with the face. Fuck, what's her name? Um, one with the face. Yeah, the one with the face. <laughs> you know, she's got the face. Julie Roberts. No, <laughs> because because she was most romantic comedies. As opposed to the actress, it was not a face. Okay, she was she was like fifteen or sixteen at the time. Um, we wrote an article on bullshit. I wrote the fucking article on bullshit about this. Um, she came out recently. Damn, she's been in a, a bunch of corny, you know, mid two thousands rom coms. I just like to um, promise. In the dark, but are you talking about Catherine Heigl? May yeah, actually, it was her. Yeah, so I'm gonna Google that to make sure. I but was gonna buy Frost some Ginkgo Biloba, but I would nicely not. done, sir. No, I don't. I don't want to accuse Steven Seagal of having raped the wrong woman. Uh, or sick. no, he, he propositioned her. He didn't rape her. So to be clear, there there was no rape involved. Steven Seagal did not like a, rape this. It was like a casting couch attempt, wasn't it? Yes, that's exactly. He tried to get her to come back to his house, and um, <laughs> and she was like well underage, like fifteen or something. That that sound that you hear is John walking out. <laughs> Shaking his head. <laughs> that doesn't come through. Yeah. Okay, but, and I am typing this to make sure I'm going to fact check myself. Bushido, Steven, Seagal, creepy motherfucker. Uh, so yeah, Kelly LeBrock was like six foot six, right? And she was in all of those early 80s movies, like Weird Science. Yeah, because I mean. Right? Yeah. Like with the ah, big like tits yes. and yeah. This. I have it. It was, okay, the The article on Bullshito is Jenny McCarthy and other actresses accused Steven Seagal of sexual impropriety. And there's a picture of him with his hand literally on her tit. Um, and not, it was, yeah, uh, Catherine Heigl. That, that's the picture. That's actually the, the, the title image is you can see he's clearly groping her and she looks very uncomfortable. So. And I guess she had mentioned this on Kimmel because we got the video of that too. I'm not going to play it, but it's on the article. So yeah, Steven Seagal, creepy motherfucker, maybe not a rapist, but we don't know one way or another. So, but you can uh, get your own opinion at https www.bullshito.net. Yeah, yeah. That picture offends me. That's like the mob. It looks like a mobster keeping somebody's daughter for interest. Yeah, or are you pull it up? Yeah, it, it's really uncomfortable because I'm I'm re- I'm certain she's like 15 in that picture. So, and and she's got like she's got like a fake smile, like a like yeah, a, like she's it's eh. uncomfortable as hell. And it looks like Monica Lewinsky's in the background for some reason. I don't I don't know what's going on with that, but it was <laughs> no. Nice. I thought that was Michael Jackson is actually who that looks like. I mean, to there, me. there's a the Venn diagram of those two is kind of there's a lot of overlap. 
Um, but anyway, I'm going to shut the fuck up because I, I'm not a movie guy. Like I explained with my favorite movie. So Matt, what do you want to point out? What, what do you want to talk about? Well, like, I think if you're in the world of reality, the world of skepticism and the world of martial arts, if you're anywhere in that Venn diagram or even the world of like UFC MMA fandom, then you have a love hate relationship with, with martial arts and movies. Like we all, I mean, I, if there, if we're all being honest, we all watched a Kung Fu movie when we were little kids and decided to sign up for karate lessons. I mean, either that or you were very small and you were being beaten daily. That's not what happened to me, but, but no, I can't, um, can't imagine that happening to you. I think that's a pretty universal experience that somebody uh, saw a movie and thought I might, I might want to do that someday. Let me, let me check out this Taekwondo class. And, and so like there's a love hate relationship in martial arts with expectations because those movies are your best marketing for your school. And they're also your worst enemy. Cause like there's some kids that are just, they're just not going to get to that John Wick level, (laughs) you know? No. Nah. Yeah. I, I think I don't know if the same effect uh, is, is taking place. I, it was a special time in America, like the seventies to the eighties, and a little bit into the nineties. But they, the corny ass action films started tapering off pretty pretty hard. Um, I, in fact, if my non movie expert opinion, I, w- I would the last action hero is kind of like the end of that whole era. And so, but yeah, so I mean, there weren't the generation of kids, the millennials and the zoomers and whatever the fuck um, these days. They're, they're not inspired as much by the action films, uh, so they're not trying to run to the local, you know, McDojo to do their, their karate shit, thinking that they're going to end up being, you know, uh, the karate kid, that kind of thing. So, Yeah, I think it's a very, like, there was definitely a time when it was especially egregious, like the, the ninjutsu era, the karate kid era, you know? Um, but I think it still goes on. Like, there's definitely... Um, now it's a little different because there is a. <coughs> are you saying it's not the ninjutsu be, era? Going to be. Christ. Oh, go ahead, man. I just said, are you saying it's not the ninjutsu era? I I think I'm. Shokusugi well, I mean, the, and Michael Dudikoff. The heyday when uh, you were dealing with all the the ninja movies like the the American Ninja series and the uh, the Ninja Turtles and the Vanilla Ice songs derived from the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> oh, ow! That hurt me right in the nostalgia. Ugh. Go ninja, go ninja, go. Yeah. Mm. Ow. God. I, I cringe on behalf of everybody at that I, period of I time. am of the Shokasugi era before that. Before the Turtles. Before even Michael Dudikoff and American Ninja. The guy that flipped over the car. You ever remember that? He did a stunt in a, in a movie where they drove a car and he actually jumped and did the flip over the car. Oh, was it actually Sh- in the film, or was it? Yeah, Show yeah I've, seen, I've seen a lot of those, uh, the, the old school uh, Michael Dudikoff movies for sure. And now, you know who you know who doesn't get enough love these days is Scott Adkins. He's the last guy carrying that torch. Is that the guy that does Dilbert? No, um, he's he, he's the guy. He was in he was in the Undisputed series he's and been Ninja One of, and Two. Yeah, he's been a lot of like. Um, Second tier martial arts. Is he like the white Michael J. White? Kind of, yeah. Kinda. He's that's like not, a Jeff Speakman. He's the <laughs> he 
Jeff Speakman was came before <coughs> him, and he kind of is the last torchbearer for that. Speakman, that's a name I haven't heard in a while. Perfect weapon, baby. I, yeah. Was that the one with the sticks? And he's the trailer. He's just waving sticks around, looking spazzy. So, I don't know. I mean, if you mean by looking spazzy, the epitome of badassness, yeah. This this is me from that time period, you know, voicing that that opinion. So I, I don't, you know, now if I watch it again, not being what fifteen, I'd probably have a different opinion on it. But it, I just remember it looking like he was having a, a seizure and he was holding sticks without a shirt on. So, but I didn't know anything about Eskrima. Thank you for single handedly describing Kimbo. I'm, I'm oh. terrified to do so now and see how what what level he was actually operating on. I haven't looked at it since I was a kid. But. Yeah, it's just... I mean, yeah. I was like, well, why is he sticks? I mean, you got swords, motherfucker. Everybody's got a sword. Ninja stars. Why, what sticks? In the front yard, I got sticks. Filipino martial arts is going to come through the door and kick your ass. Buddy. Yeah, I, I, I know. In, not, now I know, but at the time, like 15-whatever-year-old me was like, it's a fucking stick. I mean, dude, why, why are you trying to act like a badass? You just went out in your front yard and, you know, you got your weapon. Yeah, I gotta say, man, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to put fifteen-year-old you and fifteen-year-old me in an octagon or anything. But I sort of assumed you just practiced with the sticks because it's so fucking sharp. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think that would be fabulous. Yeah, I think everybody would would like that. That yeah, except for fifteen-year-old me. I mean, I want to punch Frost in the face today. I mean, yeah. never mind fifteen years old. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I get that a lot. I'm used to it. It's... Oh, I mean in a friendly bullshito way, not in a, not in a, you make me mad. Way. We still need to have a throw down, a barbecue. You're or... right. I was very, when, when I was 15, I was kind of like up. a white John Coffee. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I, I, everybody thought I was simple because I was just like, <laughs> not, I didn't talk very much. I was like, I don't know what it is with these people, but um, I'm not talking to them. Yeah. Well, I mean, why? I grew up in a small town in Texas, so what, what the fuck's the point of talking to these people? I, I'm not going to discuss cattle feed. So that's what happened to you. Yeah, I grew up in a small town in Texas. You know, half the people thought I was a fucking Satanist. The other half th- thought I was, you know, a terrorist. It was just weird. I was like, I'm 15. Leave me the fuck alone. I just wear black clothes. and. Okay, buttons. so town, town, size, town size elitism. Let's Let's measure dicks here. How big was the small town in Texas? Like 2,900 people, and we were too small to have a McDonald's. What was what was the closest big city? College Station, Texas. Ooh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I grew up in a tiny town on the um, Nebraska Wyoming border, where the the closest place with a Walmart was Scotts Bluff, Nebraska. Oh shit! And it, it had 1,100 people in it. There were there were um, I believe 21 people in my graduating class. Shit. So it was like. Real Friday Night Lights shit. Yeah, you, you, I believe you've actually revealed some of that on the forums because I remember some of that now that you said it. Yeah. Um, no, you win, but yeah. So, Caldwell, Texas, hey, um, I, I still fucking hate you. Oh, and everybody lives there. Even the people on my Facebook. I'm, I hate hate all of you. So. Well, when I, it's funny because I, like, so I've been back since and seen how, like, wrong I was about the scale of it. But my, my parents were split, and my dad lived in Austin. Well, not. He lived in Marble Falls. Oh, yeah. Right? Marble Falls. Cool little town. So I would go to, I would go to Marble Falls, and like, um, then I would think that like, the big, like, Texas was the big city. And I also find Texas kind of geophysically disturbing, because if you've ever been to Wyoming, there's no vegetation. Like, you, can, you, you got like a five-mile horizon. <laughs> no, we drove I mean, through Wyoming recently at night, and it was the spookiest fucking thing because there was nothing. 
and it was black and there was road, but there was nothing. It was like, we didn't see any lights on any side of the road. We're like, are we still in this dimension? What the fuck is going on? Wyoming is yeah. creepy. Were you just driving down I-80? Uh, we were coming out of Yellowstone and my, I'm talking cause I have a cookie in my mouth right now. Um, we're coming out the backside of, of Yellowstone going towards Colorado. So whatever that was, I don't know, but basically signs about bears and then nothing. Yeah. That's actually not the worst stretch. Actually, if you drive, the worst is just to go left to right. Like just, just across I-80 across this, the South half of the state. It's just desolate. Mm-hmm. I also used to work on, um, a stretch of, uh, it's, it's called highway 50. It's Nevada 50. And so there's a town in Utah called Delta. And then you don't hit anything else until you hit the town of Ely, Nevada, which is really like a, like a Western strip town. That's only, it's only got miners and brothels. You like, like, and, and it's like, I forget. It's like, 101 miles or something between them. It's the longest stretch of unserviced road in the United States. Damn. Um, and uh, I used to have to drive it for work. And so, like, and that, it also, like, um, it abuts the south part of Area 51. So, like, and then, uh, like, if you drive around the southwest, like, everybody in New Mexico is really superstitious. And so they'll be like, of course, there's, like, UFOs, there's ball lightning, there's chupacabras. If you, you're going to get caught. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and so if you drive if you drive across New Mexico like on a on a Sunday night at about eleven p.m., you're going to get a real Art Bell vibe out of the, like the uh, the rock formations and oh, stuff Art out Bell. there. You're like, I could I could just be disappeared oh. here. Art that, Bell, that, that is he still alive? He is, but he um, he had like some cancer problems or something like that, and at the same time he had uh, you know this crazy. Uh, uh, conspiracy theory stuff going on at the well, same was, time that he was doing the broadcast. And so that's why he got off and he turned that over to George Norrie. Okay. Yeah. Art Bell was like the wholesome Alex Jones. So he was like the well-meaning. He just, you know, oh, yeah, I'm talking to a bunch of crazy people, but he was let, the late just... night radio guy, right? Yeah. yeah he was the one yeah. you like yeah, yeah. Uh, way in coast, the coast AM. Yeah. Coast, yeah, yeah, coast yeah, yeah. AM. So, and so, the great thing about Art Bell was that you know he he presented it as tongue in cheek for the most part, and you could really hear that if you go back and listen to him. He's like listening to these callers coming in, and he'd be like, you know, hey, you know, welcome John West of the Rockies. Yeah, I was sodomized by some uh, some tomato people. Um, yeah, down going down I eighty, and he'd be just like, yeah, okay. Hey, great. Well, thanks for coming on. We appreciate you telling us our story. And they'd like move on to the next person. You'd be like, yeah, okay. So he didn't buy a fucking word of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So, yeah, we we miss Art Bell. Art Bell was great. He had the unique art figured out of walking the exact line between egging them on and cutting them off. Hmm. So he, he didn't encourage them the way the current hosts do or the way like an Alex Jones would. But he also never called BS on them and let them ramble. And most of them can't stop themselves when they get a forum, like a, like a, like a, 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 a person with crackpot theories. I think it, like, I think a pressure builds up. Perfect MC. If they, yeah. If they get like four people in an elevator, they, they, they start battling, you know. That's, um, that's my pet theory with, uh, Joe Rogan's <laughs> phenomenon. The phenomenon that is Joe Rogan is like, he did start out like with an attempt at being more of a Art Bell sort of, like host and then kind of accidentally bumped into 
making a little bit more sense and having guests that weren't complete idiots and, you know, sort of marginalizing Eddie Bravo. <sighs> Eddie Bravo, Jesus Christ. But, um, yeah, so, and then... Eddie, no, Eddie Bravo is actually of, of high value to skepticism, you guys. Uh, okay, uh, go ahead and unpack that. <laughs> because Eddie Bravo is 100% the most crystal clear example of Dunning-Kruger you could ever produce. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's the best in the world. Okay. Yeah. I mean... Maybe not the literal best, but he's he's let's say one percent top top one top percentile. Yeah, at one specific thing, and because that people defer to him. <laughs> it's like I, I get like, that's perfect. And I did that. I did that when I was in high school. Like I mean, I, I think everybody like probably had a martial arts teacher they deferred to a lot. You know. And and then you come to realize, like, well, this guy, like, just because he can do a flip doesn't mean he He's knows like, how to fix a car. Yeah, it's like, you, you took know? out Hoyler Gracie, so let me know what you think about the moon landing. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't think people understand that there are domains of knowledge, but whatever. Well, I have a, I have a, a, a buddy, and I think um, he was, he, he used to be my scrimmage teacher. But, uh... That's the stick before I relocated. Right? Before I relocated, yeah. And, uh... He has a uh, kind of an EDC knife knife and gear review channel, and he's been getting more into like uh, kind of meditations on the world. And he's like a fascinating example because he really is like a very well credentialed like IT person and kind of media production figure. Yeah. And so he's like, yeah. It is there a you know. oh fuck? I vaguely brain tingling. Is there an actual name? Not Dunning Kruger because I know that that applies broadly, but. There's a specific, like, expert bias thing, you know, I forget what the name of it is, but it's, it's a phenomenon that, you know, people that expect, that are le legitimate experts in one area, kind of mistakenly believe that their expertise uh, carries over into other things. Yeah? No? Uh, yeah, I think that's... Uh, I forget what it's called. I, wanna I say mean, I, I don't know the degree to which, like, only... Only with telepathy could you sort out the degree to which the person actually thinks they know what they're doing versus they're used to being deferred to. Like like the line between a nurse practitioner and a doctor, like a GP, yeah. in a hospital is pretty fine. Like a nurse practitioner to a layperson might as well be a doctor. Like after the apocalypse, I'd be really happy to have an MP in my wandering band. Yeah, exactly. You know? But they definitely don't have the attitude that a doctor does. I'm not saying anything, but I always have a Navy corpsman in my back pocket. Mm -hmm. So the difference, I think, between like an MP and an MD, um, and I know I'm gonna, I'm gonna catch so much shit for this, but so like the MP is like the you know the highly skilled and trained mechanic that uh, is capable with practical application, and ideally quote-unquote, the MD is supposed to be able to apply some philosophy to the situation where, you know, maybe we don't know exactly what's going on here, but that's my job is to figure that out. Yeah. Right? So you're saying, okay, yeah, what you're saying is the NP is more like an engineer and the the uh, doctor is more like a, doctor of medicine is more like a, a like an architect or a person that can, you know, do, do the work or, or whatever, but... Um, <laughs> The thing that's always interesting about that is you have to account for there are a lot of humans that can get through the system, whatever the the operating system is, right? Whether it be academia or whatever, 
okay? And But they're not actually truly good at where they end up doing what they end up doing on a day-to-day basis, right? So there's a lot of incompetent doctors out there, and there's a lot of highly, highly competent NPs, right? And that might be not be the statistical norm. Well, basically norm. every NP comes up as a nurse first. I mean, most of them. That's that's sort of the route. Right. And like, then, you, don't, you don't go in... So yeah, they have like, practical applications. You don't say, hey, you know what? I'm going to be an NP. No, you, you, go you, you say, school. I'm going to be a nurse. Yeah. And then after like, you know, 15 years of practice, you say, hey, you know what? I'm going to step up a little bit more and become right. an MP. Although I do know some young wom- women that have decided, uh, well, young people, sorry, that have just, just decided to become NPs right Sexist. out of the box. Sexism. Which is, I think, a different, because some of their, yes, I'm a horrible person. Yes, I know some young men that. That's my new thing. I'm whispering commentary. That's um, really charming. And we're working on the script for the movie for this particular interaction right now. We're we're actually talking about movies. That's the the thing. I mean, we're... we're, I'm sorry, Matt. I'm so sorry. But yeah, oh, this, so. is, this is hilarious to me. Yeah. So anyway, I was just going to even tell a story about an MP that I had explained that about contaminated specimens too, but nobody gives a shit. So it's Frost's wife's fault. No, she, no, no. Uh, oh, my, my wife's awesome. But she doesn't. Yeah, she's awesome. She brought in these like banana cookies and <laughs> like we. She she baked. We've destroyed like a she, plate of banana. There's, cookies. there's two left. She baked like at just from scratch. Like they she made it white up. chocolate chips. Yo, it's banana cookies. And I think walnuts. White maybe? chocolate. Yeah. So she just like decided, okay, well, last night we had a conversation. Like, what would a banana cookie taste like? And then she's like, <laughs> it's like, I don't know. We'll, we'll be either editing this out or gaining weight, one of the two. Yeah, um, so, so probably both. Probably yeah. both. Um, Matt, movies. Talk about. Man, the, the Foom 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 guy killed to know what happened to him, like how he ended up. I will fucking Google Sifu Justin Ach, O-C-H. I think I've Oh my God, it. I can't believe right, you remember that. Let, let me, let me oh, make sure the volume no. is turned up on this shit. fucking still, I hate this guy. Oh, Lakeland, Florida. Motherfucker got our YouTube channel nuked. Uh, and we had millions of views and like, I, I think roughly 100,000 subscribers. Had I monetized that, I would have made tens of dollars. Um, but yeah, so look at that, look at that douche nozzle. He's, uh, smiling really big on his webpage. Yeah. And he, he's, he's, he's doing he, the, the folded arm thing to try well and lit. flex the he, He's carved out of a giant slab of dickhead. Yeah, yeah. Just, Whatever. He looks like the coolest piece of Florida man I've seen all day. <laughs> it is. Sifu, ach, O-C-H, wingchun.com. So he's still doing the foom. And shit. You remember? No, you guys probably don't because I don't think I told anybody. I had made a just a, a remix of uh, his Foom 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 with the Rude Sandstorm. Um, and I don't think I ever really released it anywhere. And it was fucking amazing. You know, I was like, excuse me, sir, will you please back up? Do, 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 do. It was fucking great. And maybe I'll No, you did release I, that because I remember that. You did? Oh, man. I, I don't know if you put it out on like YouTube or anything, but I remember it. Yeah, no, you I, put it on I, I saw side. it somewhere. You might have been in the Black Belt Club. Oh, yeah. No, it was in the admin it. section because I was like, I don't know if I was ready. That was like the Tuck Fapping episode. Remember that? The, the one thing that <laughs> was. I was making fun of all the, the new bros that were like an MMA. So, I, so many cases of bad taste. I just never. Although yeah. the tap out crowd, although, I mean, they did deserve it. Honestly, it wouldn't like, be bad. To, what it is, uh, if you'd have worked out about about five more, like if, if you'd have gotten a few more videos out of that, you would have been Don Mazzagatti. Yeah. 
Nice. But <laughs> and I have to say, I, I I hate to do it. This is one of my. This is probably get me in more shit than defending Woody Woody Allen. But um, I have to say, dig deeper, buddy. That, that there was uh, there's a local MMA uh, gym in Rollins, Wyoming. That I I worked in my day job with the proprietor of it for quite a while, and um, he they were tap out sponsors, and the tap out guys were saints to him. Like 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 they. Uh, the real tap out guys supported the sport. Stuff. Yeah, like, I mean like, they were awesome. Like, yeah, they're kind of they're kind of fashion victims, but <laughs> yeah, I mean it's not their fault that their brand became. I mean, as as amazing as that got, it never bordered on let's charge ninety dollars for a shirt that says Affliction. Like, yeah, they were they were really good sponsors. They they paid for his kids' travel to all of his amateur stuff. They paid yeah. for all their. You know, they, it's they easy to hate on tap out guys. for their fighters. They were no, they supported the sport. Yeah. I, I just make fun of the people that buy their clothes. Not I may tap have out. had a tap out sticker on my truck in like 2002. Okay, so wasn't there was a dude was in the cool. tap out crew that dressed up like a juggalo clown before juggalos existed? Right, there was one of those. No, dudes. I think the juggalos have no, been juggalos here since been the around since like the 1700s. Not, not technically, they, they were kind of. It was kind of divergent physiology in the uh, in the 90s Jinko era. Part, oh. Pardon my ignorance in the Juggalo. Yeah, no, no, they've, they've been with us since, since Physiology. I, I like um, that. I'm going to use that. There's the, the Juggalo Homan Census, the, um, the skeleton that they found in, uh, in, right, in right. France. I'm, Remember that, I'm like, for, <laughs> the, the Buffalo the stance? Juggalo. We should have a Juggalo episode. Oh, that's... Who, was, uh, who was that? That was like, <laughs> what is salt and pepper? It was... Uh, Dude, don't that make was me go Nina Cherry, <laughs> Cherry's older sister. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nina Cherry, that's who it was. The, uh, the Juggalo Stay stands. Tonight. Or Buffalo What's his stands. song? She was like, Juggalo. Two one-hit wonders from the same family, and their dad is famous. Don Cherry is amazing. Famous in jazz circles. Yeah, draws jazz drummer, if I recall. He just died. What? What? No. Don Cherry just passed away. Damn. Oh, sucks. Dom. All right. No. So her name was Nana Cherry. Nana Cherry. Yeah. And um, his is Eagle Eye. <laughs> Eagle Eye Cherry. That's his uh, name. That was his real name? It's like Dweezil Zappa? Or yes. did he just name himself that? It's like no Bible moon unit. Blitzer. Yeah. Yes. I don't think anybody here has ever seen his driver's license, but as far as I know, it's his legal name. Yeah, okay. Well, no, but like Moonbeam and... and uh, yeah, so, Dweezil, so he had like, to go that's, in that, music. That's the real name. It's so, like, Moon Unit. And oh, Dweezil. it's Moon Unit? I thought it was Moonbeam. How dare you? Uh, no, it was Moon Unit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was a Frank Zappa. Sorry, I mean, Frank. Girl, let me put it up your pooch. Don't, don't drink the great Ellis, lyric no. from him. Nope. He's Frank so, Zappa? Yeah. Zappa. Frank Zappa. 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 Z- I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I one, of a, Zappa. one of my favorite media artifacts, especially the very first SNL, is that Carlin for the host and Zappa for the musical guest. Oh, my God. You're right. I for- Oh, Lord. I remember that. That's too bad. Is that one of the original Seven Dirty Words? I can't remember what he did on there. I don't think they would have let him do seven dirty words. Well, no, he, like they but, they they couldn't not let him do seven dirty words until he did seven dirty words. Like that was the whole point, right? But they were he was they were pretty grotesque. I don't know days. that anybody like, condensed the seven dirty words into one performance. I think that was a no, no. George Carlin definitely did. For those I know George years, Carlin did. But seven he words was already, you can't say on TV. It was already illegal or against the rules um, at that point. Shit, asshole, piss, cock, shit, piss, sucker, piss, motherfucker. Yeah. Ass and tits. And cunt. Yeah, something like that. And cunt. And 
I don't yeah, know. it was definitely cunt. There's a, there's a lot of words. Shit, that have piss, ag, cunt, sense. cocksucker, motherfucker, but, shits. Okay. Before, that's it, that's it, that's it. Before yes. Carlin, Shit, piss, there, ass, there cunt, were cocksucker, motherfucker, uh, same. Yeah. He literally times. invented yeah. dirty words, so before him, there were none. And that was like, uh, what, like 1973, like 1974, maybe, when he came up with that? Uh, yeah. yeah. It yeah. was uh, mid-70s. It was when you were about, you know. Five. Now you, you look it up. Well, thank you for actually fact checking. <laughs> I mean, really, it's 85, but. Uh, Seven words you must not use on WBAI 99.5 FM. Oh. Shit, piss, fuck, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. Yep. There you go. Tits is kind of weak, though. He kind of ended on like a like a down note because, I mean, tits. It's tits. It's like, there's a tit I mean, mouse. have you met America's prude contingent? Because they're pretty prude. Tits. I mean, you could probably say tits in church these days. Uh, I don't know. I've been to church. I don't know what church you're going to. Yeah, I think there's a tits church, but I don't tits. think anyone I can. Else. I don't care if I'm invited back. Well, I, I actually <laughs> go to that church. <laughs> Joe Austin's church, I bet you could. If you're you on know, Wednesday. Don't air. It's called the Yellow Rose. <laughs> All right. There, there's a long history of, and I'm going to go way off topic here, <laughs> churches that uh, back pre-Christian era were had, you know, what could be considered lap dance type performances. Yeah, sure. Oh, no, motherfucker! What the churches of like the the Easter cults and the the, the uh, fertility and you know all that shit. Um, but yeah, I mean that was how they got followers and come in there and several different sacred prostitutes. And we have this has nothing to do with movies, and we're all the way off the rails. So fuck it. Uh, but yeah, well, but it's I, all pop culture. And when we're talking about movies, we're talking about representing American pop gods. Touched on that. I mean the recent. Well, uh, they're the, like well Netflix series. Two of them. Oh, you mean like American Gods uh, with like quotes? The, the, American Gods. I was thinking like, you know, like well, Jehovah and no, you you mean like Jehovah's American not an American God. Jehovah? I, I, I think there's like Yahweh? 40 million people that are going to disagree with you on that. Well, I mean, that's a, yeah, but he's, it's literally a Jewish name, Jehovah. Well, the, the point of, if we're getting into the mythology of the actual show. Okay. The point, the point is that the immigrants to North America create their own. They create their own localized eidolons of the gods. So, like the the version that's bopping around in American Gods is not the, the exact not, same not original. Of, not all of them are the. I had forgotten that plot country. point. Holy shit! So Odin is an Odin. He's American Odin. Yeah, yeah. So is this I, like the John Smith I story? I think like, the main character it's, Odin. It's is actually, actually he the, draws from that. You really you know, think he's a the you know Grimnir All Father? Uh, you know. Whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter in the in the so the point is is he touches on that in the book and then he's just like it doesn't fucking matter it's who's there and in getting it done now okay well and then then the, the what's touched on in the book is that the, then those faiths died off in their smaller home countries and they have more they have more remaining adherents right. in the spinoff so they are what survives versus in the 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 homeland so to speak yeah and yeah then- the whole the whole thing is kind of like I don't. Have you guys ever seen Stephen Fry, uh, the documentary he did about the American countryside? I have. I have. Yeah. Where he's where he goes to the Grand Canyon and he's just like, okay, I was skeptical. Based on the name, I was expecting it to be somewhat oversold, and it really is quite large. <laughs> yeah. And he gets into like kind of the like. Um, so I always reference very- Joseph Campbell when you go back to that kind of thing about the whole. Like, like Epic of Gilgamesh level origin story, sense of awe, right? 
like because you were yeah. touching on that sense of awe just now, right? With well, and I, I, I think Neil Gaiman, being also British, I think um, like his sense of that world is similar. Like he's like it's yes. really quite, and like like I've traveled all over the Western United States, and like you realize like like when I look at like the and and going through some of those cycles of fiction, like there's a, there's a point in the Epic of Gilgamesh where a King tells Gilgamesh that like, um, this is the grandest city that will ever be built. No walls will be higher. No army will be greater. And he's talking about a town of 40,000 people in it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, and that's referenced in, um, Edward Abbey actually makes some kind of mention of that. Um, as in related to uh, look upon my works, you might even despair. Ozymandias, right? Yeah. T- touching back to that. So, and as far as back at the American flavor, um, what you were talking about, uh, what I've always loved in that same kind of like sense of just really capturing the American spirit is some of the Nick Adams stories by Hemingway. Um, and not to go all the way off the rails, but fuck it. Um, but that's got that oh, kind that's- of. That's nice. That's a nice reverence. You're making me defensive. I'm going to have to bring up Infinite Just in a minute. As, <laughs> as Frost brings out an axe. Oh, I'm just doing something with my hands. This is my fidget spider. We're all going to die. It's, it's a throwing hatchet. Just, he put those away earlier. Right. I noticed that so, when he was making some really so bad jokes. you can jokes. reach them from there. Yeah. It would all, they all went away. No, no. I, just, I, I have nothing to contribute to this kind of conversation. Neil Gaiman's cool. I, I, I have a... Sort of mostly heterosexual man, on Stephen Fry. I, don't know, but, I, mean, he's a, I, I really like him. He's a he's a really funny dude. Or he what? Is he dead? He, no, he's Stephen not Fry's dead. Alive. He's just fat. Yeah. He's just retired. Listen, yeah. whatever. He can't die. He's a super Sir funny Richard dude. Attenborough like, dies. Yeah. I mean, he, so he, he's yeah. British I, funny. Well, then you have like like I don't know if you guys have you watched a little bit of Fry and Laurie? Yes. Oh yes. yeah, definitely. Or it's just and then like I didn't know it. But like uh, Hugh Laurie is an amazing musician too. Oh yeah, he's a, a an amazing singer, and he's a great actor as well. So Hugh Laurie. Yeah, well, there's a no. There's, all I know is that dude on is, House that plays a doctor. Yeah, House sucks. <laughs> That's all I balls. know about House is formulaic like garbage, and it you know the ending was even worse than the whole show. So. He but he's he is a uh, multi talented. I, I, I kind of like that, that gonna, last well, two episodes right with the burning. The okay, the, yeah. A, ADD boys, let's not. It's, Let's, let's focus but, on the lofty our, things. But, no, but, but he is but, really but, actually a very talented musician. Uh, musician. musician. What were we going to say? Well, to kind of pull it back around, like I think it's very, like it's very mythologically interesting, like how, um, um, and and I think when you see like an outsider's reaction in North America, right? Like you get that sort of like. To me, it, illum- it illuminates like a lot of our, like some of our political discourse is just created, but it's fostered by distance and it's fostered by a numeracy. Yeah. No, I, like I guess we're like the situation with like El Salvadoran and Guatemalan refugees. Like one thing that always cracks me up, like not to drag us into a political morass, but <laughs> you could literally accommodate every single citizen of El Salvador in the vicinity of Shiprock, New Mexico, and nobody in the rest of the country would even notice there was one more town. Nice. Like it would, it would make another city about the size of Denver if we let every single citizen of those two countries come here. Yeah, but then the CIA couldn't fuck with them in their native country. So yeah, I mean. so it's kind of like, and by no means is every citizen emigrating. So it's kind of like, like it's one of those things where like we're constantly fooled by the um, 
by the by the by the occasional thing happening uh, with great mention versus the daily the daily horror that it makes no it makes no headlines. So I'm going to go off on a real quick tangent for some of the listeners who may not be I don't know historically aware, but America has been fucking with South America since the Banana Republics at the turn of the literal you know, Banana 1900s. Smedley Butler. That we yeah, Smedley Butler was a Marine, unfortunately, that went down there and kicked all kinds of ass on a bunch of poor, unsuspecting natives. Um, but the point is, is that you know, and in, in recently in Venezuela, uh, we've had our hands down there for a long time, and and we're setting things up to suit ourselves. So, if you're not aware of those kind of things as an American citizen, uh, just be aware that. Um, we're not always the country oh, no. of rainbows so, and unicorns. Well, since we've gone off the rails that we weren't already on anyway, uh, well, we can talk about, was it Bolivia recently and Elon Musk and batteries? Uh, actually, and, like, but Bolivia is uh, a good thing, despite Bernie and AOC but, shooting themselves I mean, in the I, I follow, a, well, I have a few tankies. That, that, that woman that's being coordinated in Bolivia does sound insane, though. Yes, that's, that's an unexpected, to. like, I'm going to say I'm president and never mind anybody else. Is, Who cares about elections? Marianne Williamson? It? Oh my God! No, no, she's a Bolivian congresswoman. William, not... Marianne Williamsino. <laughs> she's she's literally making noises about like you occasionally sound smart. This is not she's, one of those times. She just flew down there and she's like, "Okay, son, oh, we're, we're gonna look at them." No, no, but no. but it's a it's a funny kind of looping closure um, to our tangent. But speaking of martial arts. Like it's, uh, I was just talking with uh, a friend of mine today about like, um, I have a, I have a buddy here in Salt Lake. That's like, uh, he's, he's kind of a, uh, first nations activist, first nations activist, try to enunciate. And, um, one thing that he is always kind of laying on people is like, uh, you know, a, a, a conversational breakout about who was worse, like Hitler, Mao or Stalin. And he'll be like, Americans, there used to be a hundred million Indians. Uh, And like, everybody's like, no, there were not, there weren't like that many. There there were like 10 million. And he's like, well, still, you know, but, but what's very interesting is his point is that like, his point is like, there's still Navajo. You can ask us how many Navajo there used to be and we can tell you. Yeah. You know, and, and where it gets interesting to me is like the study of uh, cultural contamination. Yeah. And then that, that gets back into like where the rubber meets the road vis-a-vis martial arts, because it turns out that you can have a city. And at the time, at the time Cortez discovered it, discovered in air quotes, uh, Tenochtitlan, where, where stands Mexico City today, was something like eight times the size of London. It was, it was, it was estimated to be the second or third largest city on the planet. Fuck. Like every, everybody always thinks he just came in and like, ran off of native like like a like a village full of huts right no but if, if you look at his letters and stuff he was like it's a remarkably big city it's full of remarkable numbers of remarkably healthy people and that's the streets are clean and the trains run on time and uh but they're heathens so yeah fuck it gonna, yeah guns germs, and, and steel motherfucker and it's it's a it's a case study in how the um the numbers did not prevail skill did not prevail Individual valor did not prevail. Steel armor and gunpowder prevailed. 
Who's the guy? That, why, is it Jared? Why or something I, or other? I, <clears throat> excuse me. Well, yeah, smallpox. <laughs> yeah, the the whole guns, germs, and steel theory, which um, seems to have upset a whole like cohort of academics that don't want to, you know, buy into it. Uh, Jared Diamond. So might makes right, um, and well, that's been just, the case. But now it's big data. Well, oh shit, you take big data. Yeah, but we had um, no, I mean the Europeans just kind of lucked into using gunpowder to actively kill people, and you know, so we. What was it? Um, since we're, yeah, we're not even, we haven't even seen oh. the rails. We're so fucking far from them. Um, I was going to even reference uh, lactose, um, uh, lactose, the gene for being able okay. to process lactose. that gave us an advantage as European, you know. Here's, here's people. a piece of, here's a piece of uh, movie bullshit. Like, um, although Europeans in many ways were like socially behind the rest of the world, like they're. Like like one joke about like Viking raids is that the women didn't want to come back because they got they got quote unquote kidnapped away to a place where they got to vote and they got to that people took baths. Yeah, they had combs and shit. The unwashed Viking but, is an unfair stereotype. But uh, um, <laughs> but one thing that Europeans did have is they had really. Are you good, ready for the action now, Danger what, Boy? See, they had they, they had really good weapons of war. Yes. Yeah. And they like, do. So, so it always cracks me up when there's all this discussion of, well, what about the katana? And it's like, well, the katana was kind of a sidearm. <laughs> you know, this this guy has this this the German Wakazishi was the sidearm. What are you talking yeah. about? Sorry. This German longsword could kill that guy with the katana from like an extra foot away. You know. Fucking English with their longbows. Yeah. <laughs> Fletcher clan represent. Sorry. It's not necessary. It's kind of, did, did you see the guy? And it's it's a terrible movie, but the recent kind of Robin Hood movie with Jamie Fox. Oh fuck! That, I saw the trailer and I was like, no, no, no! You can't tie me to the fucking chair and make me watch that. What are you talking about? That was cinema. Oh god! No, I can't say. First of all, I can't even bullshit. Okay, here's here's a here's a like, um, and this is the same thing that applies to like the Last Samurai. Why is the white guy in it? Like, all it is is Jamie Foxx teaching the guy how to do cool stuff, and then that guy goes and does it. It's like, why do we need both of these characters? Because he's pretty. Don't he's you old. understand? He's pretty. Like, like, Tom Cruise was only in The Last Samurai because they were they they were just like, Ken Watanabe, nobody's heard of him. We need a bankable white dude. You know what my favorite Straight Tom up. Cruise role is of the last 20 years? Tropic Thunder. That's the only worthy Tom Cruise role in the last 20 years. Hey, where's the key grip? Where's the grip? You punch the director in the face. <laughs> you punch him in the fucking face. Yeah, no, but, that, um, that redeemed him. But no, like they always get into like, uh, you know, or like, like uh, even The Last Samurai, speaking of something that's kind of bullshit, is like the events at the end of The Last Samurai essentially transpired, except that the guy that Kent Watanabe played that, that they made to look very noble in the movie was actually just kind of a fucker. Really? Like, like he didn't, like he, I mean, I guess that's inappropriate because what he was, he's the product of his times, but he wanted to keep his feudal privilege. Yes. Like he didn't, he didn't want to participate in the Meiji Restoration and lay down his arms and be a no. normal dude. He, he didn't want to give up to, to all the woke Japanese. He had feudal privilege. Yeah. Hashtag feudal privilege. That was a rough one. <laughs> you you can't. This is why we should have video because they're just shaking their head at me. 
Especially since this entire time I've been trying to fl- well, flip a hatchet. Yeah, exactly. You put the hatchet into oh, your leg like four times. Almost now. like... We're like calling 911 frost, in the background. Frost's rug <laughs> is dead, is all yeah, I got to say. I, the rug is deceased. It is no more. It is a dead I'm just parrot. discovering this about myself. If I can't walk around when I'm having a conversation talking because I'm very handsy, I have to fid- fiddle with something, and today's choice of fiddling was axes. All right. Nobody gives a shit about this. So. Yes. They would have cared if all I, the rifles are in the closet. Luckily. Yeah. If I had yeah. hurt myself, it'd be you know. Check please. Podcast gold, but I I didn't hurt myself, so um, sorry. But yeah, like um, next. That's time. why all that historicity of contact, basically, and like um the 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 history of how like the Japanese treated um European traders, where it was very. It actually almost reminds me of how the Amish actually treat technology. Where they like very like Amish people have cell phones, but they sequester them in a phone shed. And if you have a medical emergency, you go use the phone in the phone shed. Oh, really? I, I didn't no know idea. that. Well, like when Dutch traders first came to Japan, they put them in a little tiny district and they said, "We're going to send people out. They're going to evaluate each thing you're going to sell, and we're going to decide how how what the ratio of cultural utility so to they, cultural contamination." They is. quarantined them basically. That's yeah, yeah. I can. Respect that. That's okay. That makes sense in a weird way, but I mean, yeah, Zig Heil. You don't want well, your culture. They they just looked into the future and, and saw uh, anime because uh, that worked out so good for the Native Americans they, when they didn't do that. They, right, they, exactly. They were like, well. That's why my theory is like everybody says, "How should we handle first contact?" I'm like, "Well, we should kill them." Smallpox, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Smallpox. And immediately start preparing for the guy behind them. Yeah, I don't know. That makes sense, isn't that uh, Stephen Hawking's idea? You don't that... even need to kill him. You just need to put him in germ quarantine immediately. Well, if we're the ones making first contact. Yes, if they're the ones making first contact, we are. I often what? think. I wonder if other alien races would have like the the biome that we have, like all the different microorganisms, and 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 like when you see the the Star Trek and everybody's walking around different aliens. I'm like. Yeah, I don't know if that would really work from a pathogen type. No, no but they covered germ. it from the like literary angle, like it, like any known pathogen. Like whenever you beamed through it, they would just like strip that shit out of you. So it was like, you know, if you got the flu, just There's go through no the way. transporter the, and boom. In the, in, in the Star Trek canon, there are like I'm so sorry. Like, they're this up. they're using universal translation, and it's just transparent to the viewer. And they have universal medical inoculation, and it's just not dwelt on in the show. And Roddenberry's response to it was always like, "Well, I don't show them going to the bathroom either," you know. So that's that's a. I mean, that's kind of fine because you know, like you know, most of what he was doing was political commentary, right? And so you know, we we gave we gave him certain artistic liberties to to kind of right and that was our heads. I'm I'm not talking about the initial series. I'm talking about the practical application. Forty years later, we're like, all right, well, how the fuck did all this shit work out? And like, why do we even believe this shit in the first place? I'm going to go down to the fifty bathroom area with you know fifty different types of bathrooms for different species. (laughs) Well, no, there's only one bathroom because we're all one species. Dude, well, it's like skirts, um, not right? technically. So a, even uh, movie. It, like even if you watch canonically, if you watch uh, TNG to the end, right? So they went and found out that uh, we're all based on the same DNA. That that you know whatever the founders were so spread that same <laughs> DNA across the universe, and it turned into different uh, evolutionary species. But then they all came together at the end, which is why you can fuck a Klingon. 
And have that's right. That's right. That's right. You can have like these hybrids between these species. Why else could you do that? Matt, did you have something to say that has <laughs> that's nothing more to do with Star Trek? Yeah. Oh, I was going to say that it, although it's not a movie per se, like Mass Effect gets into the details of what happens when they have like even one species that has significantly different needs. They have to customize all this different stuff for them. Yeah. Oh, that's so they cool. get into like how the human the humans can't eat Turian rations and the um. I forget the name of their species, but the one this the the alien they found that looks the most like humans breathe like methane. Yeah, no, um, what was it the the show that totally doesn't suck, unlike Star Trek, um, which yeah. is hot garbage, uh, Babylon Five, which is you know the best science fiction show that's ever been on television. Actually, uh, address that they had uh, special PS, quarters PS. and uh, Farscape. At, yeah, atmospheres for eight. I'm hearing individual. a whole lot of people that haven't watched <laughs> The Expanse. Oh, okay. Mouths. You know what? I withdraw because, although for its time, Babylon or Babylon Five was maybe the best Expanse is fucking good. Okay, I'll I'll shut up. Yeah. I have not actually watched. Expanse. Oh my god, go through it. it's and and I have a crush on. That. I've heard a lot of the diplomat chick. About it. Um, she's she's like she's like sixty years old, but holy shit, she's she's very. That's only ten years older than me. I do uh, her. Yeah, no, she's but she, I mean, dignified older lady, badass, Ooh, even yeah, stateswoman thing. You'll you'll get it when you watch That's it. That's hot. So, um, was she out of like the Bollywood scene or? I I think so. I think she's either Indian or maybe I Pakistani, but I, yeah. I don't know her the actress's name. But yeah, no, we've she's, just totally taken something smart and turned it into you know what makes our penises hard. What? Where do? How do we get from the Listen, <laughs> retirement homes. <laughs> I lost There's a the lot of, of easy pickings. I, I I'm completely. I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I'm pretty misanthropic, so it's like mushroom clouds. <laughs> well, good, only if you're good, a, good, a good all red screenshot from Plague Incorporated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you'd, you'd get along with my wife. She's she's of the uh, yeah. Well, let me just push a button and reset this shit. <laughs> and she's a nurse, so yeah. Oh God! Speaking of. Uh, things to plug that are kind of interesting. Um, they're making a show. The people that made Westworld, the Westworld series are making a show out of William Gibson's, the peripheral. What? Yeah. It's going to, it's going to be a, a limited run show on like HBO. Oh, sh- and if nice. you've never read the peripheral, it's about people that use people in our future that use breakaway timelines in between now and the prime point there. To like study how to manipulate sociopolitics. It's uh, so, kind of like um, uh, Isaac Asimov's Foundation two point maybe three point Yeah, it's it's like they're they're creating breakaway timelines to see what'll happen if they disrupt this government or crash this stock market. But in the meantime, that creates all these extra consciousnesses, and they do things with them like essentially use them in place of AI to drive systems in the future. So somebody thinks they're clocking into a video game and they're actually flying a drone in the far future. Fuck. You know, if, if anybody could pull it off, I, I kind of believe they could because they took a, an obscure psych concept of the, uh, what is it, the, the bicameral mind from like, I don't think anybody read that book. And then, um, damn it, who is it? I have the book on my shelf somewhere. Uh, I know a dolphin that read the that origin book. of consciousness and the development of the bicameral mind. It's somewhere right, right there. Julian Jaynes. Um, yeah. And that which is an obscure theory that it goes, that's the premise of Westworld that we used to back in our old days, like 10,000 years ago, even as soon as recent as the, uh, the Iliad, we would perceive the gods 
uh, and the burning bush or whatever the hell religion developed because we were listening to the higher brain functions that hadn't fully coalesced into a part of our active mind. And so like our, our consciousness, that's the, the, the higher order of thinking, you know, don't do that. Or this is what you should do was perceived as the uh, deities and speaking to and the ancestors or whoever speaking to you when it was really just your own fucking brain, the smarter part that had not fully integrated with the, uh, the more animalistic, you know, legacy Limbic shit. Yeah. Reptile brain. Yeah. So, so, so here's a, here's a thing that like, I don't know to what I haven't done the research to see if it's bullshit or not. And I'm wondering if any of you have, you guys ever read the thing about the color blue? Mm, no. But before a certain point, historically, yeah. or historically, yeah, yeah, yeah. historically, what the fuck? Blue but does his, historically speaking, there are no references to the color blue. I, I did read that. I did read some of There are uh, uh, civilizations now that still don't have a word for blue because it's just a on a green spectrum, right? Yeah, and like if you get into it, like like obviously they probably saw things that were blue but they didn't write about them independently. And they would just like, if they looked at the ocean, they'd be like, well, it was, you know, uh, uh, green. It was the color of a turquoise. It was the, you know, they yeah. had no, and, and it explores the, the, the time in human history when all the things were integrated. Yeah. And blue is thought to be kind of an anomaly because it's a primary color that was introduced in the language relatively late. So it's kind of a, and I don't, I don't know. That could be like a Malcolm Gladwell thing I read somewhere, which makes it dubious, you know. <laughs> well, it touches. Well, uh, uh, in anthropology, there is a, a line, and sometimes it has been characterized as when man started to differentiate uh, themselves from the environment, right? When they saw themselves as discrete and not part of their environment, and that is part of what they argue is the uh, brought about the arisal of consciousness. Yeah, there's a, a consciousness is an adaptation to it's a survival adaptation because it gives you an advantage by perceiving yourself in the situation, but outside. You of can it. predict the yeah. future is what it boils down to. You yeah. can anticipate, and that's not something that w what we think of as a lot of animals as being capable, but. We're also kind of finding out Shit. that that's kind of not I, the case. Was that Sam Harris yeah, that true. was part of that? I, there, somebody, fucking damn. Well, what I'm talking about arose in the 30s. So, I mean, it's an old theory. Yeah, but I think they did, did some actual neuroscience behind it. Um, there were some follow-up experiments in the 80s that. and I think 90s. I don't remember, though. Well, I don't know. I'm not going to be able to pull it up. Um, but... Well, so anyway, I think we're kind of closing yeah, we're, in on the end of this we're winding here. Down we here. have, yeah, so maybe off the rails onto another set of tracks and then just fuck those tracks. So, right. Um, but cool, that's how this But I think goes. some of that was, for me, was more interesting than some of the other oh, definitely. Like, I, drifting like, conversation yeah, that we, we had. We had a lot of fun. Like, you know, the movie movies, stuff was good. Whatever we can engage and, and like, you know, yeah. share a kind of shit. That, uh, my that, taste in movies is garbage anyway, it. so whatever. Okay. All right. But, Favorite but comedy movie. Garbage has value, though. Like, like, like. Monetary. Uh, well, and it's funny to me because, like, everything, something I struggled with is someone who's, like, from a very down to earth kind of rural part of the country is, like, when I was brought up, it was like the, the when and where. I, I shouldn't say when, alone, independent, but um, it was very important to have some kind of down to earth job where you built or maintained or or furthered something like, like infrastructural jobs, you know, like practical things, hmm. you're raising food, you're building walls, whatever. And hmm. so it's like, 
Uh, and when when the culture I came up in, like art was kind of poo pooed and and trash and entertainment were like not you know. And I kind of sat up one day and I realized like this is like a culture of people that thinks they exist to build aqueducts, but they don't like water. Hmm. Yeah. Like like like, and that that's when it kind of hit me that it's like it's okay to go pursue these things that the culture we build carries. Like we, we, we don't because have there's we don't have value that to, right. We don't, you, we don't have an internet to be a calculator. We could be a calculator to do that. Right. Yeah. No, I mean yeah. there's value more in, than strictly the practical side of things. Well, I'd argue that it's actually the only um like I mean the therapist on Rick and Morty is dead ass right, right? Which he says like it's not yeah, I'm I'm sure you would be bored if you came to therapy, Rick. I'm bored when I wipe my ass and brush my teeth. Like you, you can't neglect the practical because you're too cool for it. Oh, how good was that episode? Jesus Christ! But I mean, then the 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 opposite is you also can't do nothing when the practicality has been attended to. Like, what's the what's the point of everything if we don't have like like they're they're not gonna remember in three thousand years what we what we you know what we did for a living. They're not gonna. They're not going to, if I'm remembered at all in a thousand years, it's not going to be because I have a net plus. Yeah. <laughs> no, they won't remember the fact that I screened blood cells for cancer, but they will remember this podcast. <laughs> well, <coughs> hold your breath. Maybe, maybe because evidently I'm going to die on it. <laughs> hey, I, I've almost, so I mean, we're, we're neck and That's neck. That's a good there. moment. That's a good uh, moment. So. Do you get good Sorry, sorry about that. I hope it wasn't too loud. That's all right. Uh, no, that's okay. You only brought all of us down. That's okay. I'm, I'm lucky. I'm lucky. The uh, the podcast I'm usually on, we have a uh, uh, the guy that edits it is like a professional radio editor. That oh, does thanks, a, thanks a lot. Like we, I don't. We got none of work. that here. I don't know if I noticed, but well, we no, got none no. Of that. Unlike your shitty ass podcast, you fucking scrubs. What I'm saying is, he lets me do whatever I want because he edits it all out. Like he goes, he goes through and edits. Yeah, out. Oh yeah, that too. He's just gonna spend the <laughs> just wait for it till tomorrow. I'm staying up all night on this one, motherfucker. <laughs> he, he edits out like when we say um. Oh, damn. And so, oh, so like everybody thinks damn. we're going to be like suave in person. I'm we, like, you're overselling us, dude. We don't, yeah, we don't like, do that. Leave, so, leave yeah. some lumps in the mashed potatoes. Yeah, it's no worries there, buddy. Yeah. It's okay. All right. there, there's a pill for those lumps. That's, so <laughs> that's, called the, uh, that's called the Nighthawks podcast, if anybody wants to. This yeah. is entirely hey, let's, let's call the Nighthawks podcast, and we'll come on and... Uh, Harass you. That was Nighthawks Just podcast. like you, Nighthawks yeah. podcast. Oh. I didn't do my speech exercises before the show. I apologize. You didn't do your lion face, lemon face? No, I had a whole list of them. We, yeah, here. we had a bunch we're of them. We're not going to, no. We're no, we're not doing that now. We're not? No, no, no. Okay. So what we're going to do right now, because we're going to wrap up, right? Is that kind of like, yeah, I think pumpkin. everyone is pumpkin saying. Time. Yeah, yeah, pumpkin, uh-huh. pumpkin. John says pumpkin. Code we're word. out of fucking time. Safe word. All right. The garden-sized so, gnome has a normal-sized penis. Favorite banana, comedy banana, movie. Banana. Favorite comedy movie. Young Frankenstein. Oh, that's a good one. I like that. Mel Brooks. Yeah. Also, Guardians of the Galaxy. All right. Good one. Matt. Big Lebowski. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. I'm gonna go with History of the World Part One. That Ooh, would be my favorite. Mel yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I yeah. Mel Brooks. Mm, yeah. Okay. Goddamn. So, uh, I love my cool. favorite superhero movie. Oh, you bastard. Uh, mm. Gardens of the Galaxy. Ooh. Oh. 
Well, shit. Um, so, I mean, that's my favorite. Um, you know what? I I don't know if it's my favorite, but I legitimately enjoyed Wonder Woman. It was like out of the fucking blue. Maybe because all the other DC movies suck, but Wonder Woman was strangely good. It was cool. Okay. I respect that. I, I haven't seen I it. I like that um, her character had a... Her character had a weird naivete mixed with cynicism. Like, like the moment you realize, like, she really thinks that if she kills Ares, there won't be any more wars. Yeah. And then it doesn't work that way. Like, that is, there's real pathos in that for as dumb as, for as dumb as what's going on on the screen is. Yeah. She, yeah. That was her kind of swan song as an actress in that particular movie. But what's your favorite superhero movie, sir? Um, I, I will give <coughs> after due consideration <clears throat> um, and after a shot of NyQuil, um, I'm going to say Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Oh, oh that's a good one. That's yeah. A, yeah. You know okay. what I have to say? Watchmen would be a close second for me. Have you seen the series? highly flawed. No, I've, I've got it recorded. It, I haven't started. I'm, I'm into it. I'm like, okay, I don't know where they're going, but anything yeah. that makes Alan Moore like roll over in, in, in like in his sleep and it makes him uncomfortable. I'm all for because that dude's mm. insufferable. I have, to, I have to say my recent, if, if I had to pick a recent overall superhero work, uh, much love for the Punisher Netflix series. Well, that's a good one. That was, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was really what mostly, was. mostly just on the shoulders of the main guy, yeah, yeah. John that guy's amazing. Yeah, he he just looks and sounds and acts and fights and shoots exactly like I always thought the Punisher would be. He captures that indomitable, a little aspect. bit too yeah. rednecky somehow. I don't know. He didn't come off as like inner city Italian, you know, dude. He comes off as almost like the same character in The Walking Dead. But okay, I can I can get past it. Yeah. All right, so. Also, that shit is violent. You gotta say what yeah, your I got. I gotta say my favorite, and uh, I I kind of changed it up based on the nature of the conversation going on here. Uh, <laughs> I, I yeah, go ahead and kill me now, but I'm gonna say Batman Begins. I think that's so uh, you know that was actually came under into my head personally. So I don't. That's I mean, I think that's what changed more so than Spider-Man the context of the modern superhero movie and laid some of the groundwork for the right we 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 moved from being a comic to being like a dark uh drama really exercised the Michael Keaton yeah which had its own charm but not was never ba- the pathos of Batman to me right so and I love those like because of, those came out like every single year like on my birthday and I had a buddy that worked at the theater, like, down oh, at the nice. Arboretum. And so, like, you know, like, every year, a new Batman would come out, and we'd go down to the Arboretum for my birthday and watch the movie. And that was, like, awesome, and I really loved it. It was a big part of my growing up. But uh, I have to say that the the the, uh, the Chris Nolan treatment, I think, uh, really did it for me as far as, like, really making that, uh, you know, a strong thing. And so Batman Begins is like... I hate that costume so much that they make him wearing that, but I, I do love everything else about that. What were you going to say? I'm sorry, Matt, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, speaking of defending things that are kind of considered lowbrow, because maybe they disappointed a certain segment of fandom, like the... And speaking to, like, kind of what we are talking about, about who, who writes a movie and who they write it for. Um, I used to really dump on the Schumacher Batman fa- movies... And I watched a really good interview with him where he's like, you know, for me, my Batman is the Adam West Batman. And so I made a movie that was like that for fans of that. 
and it didn't connect with people how I thought, but uh, I, I'm still proud of what I made. And like that had a lot of resonance to me. And that was right around the time, like overall as a movie critic, yeah. like I kind of got the point through my head that like, like thousands of people work on a movie and it's kind of like, it's kind of like, it's when I quit just going like this movie infuriates me, you know? I can see um, that. Yeah. The last movie I took a complete dump on was The Visit by M. Night Shyamalan. And then I had to watch, um, I had to watch, uh, uh, was the split? I had to watch split about three feet away from him. Like he was, he was, he was in my row. Oh wow! At the premiere at the premiere of that at a festival. So I'm sitting there like, and then he he gave like, like his introduction and his Q and A. Like he was super generous with his time, and he was so happy to exist. Like you're like, oh, I see why people keep giving him money again. He's yeah. he's like a Boy Scout. He just really likes movies. That's and it made me feel like a bad person for asking him for my $8 back. Well, I think what's important about that is that you recognize that and grew because the vast, a lot of people don't grow from that. So that's, I mean, that's the important part. Yeah, movie critics are like legendarily shitty. I'm just movies. talking about humans. I'm not They're talking just, about movie well, I mean, critics. Yeah, every slice of humanity, but movie critics especially. Right? Well, but 50% of their job is pissing off somebody on purpose. What the fuck is the internet? Yeah, yeah. like that's like yeah, yes. They're... Well, it's it's the old um. My my co-host describes it as the difference between Siskel and Ebert. Like like Siskel always went to just kind of off his gut feel and his puritanical taste, and Ebert was more um hard critic. He, my my Trevor is his name is my co-host. He would he would hold that Ebert was the one doing actual criticism because criticism has to do with the reconciliation of like in, intent and execution and. Context. No, Rob, Roger Ebert was the 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 scholar of movies, and, and Gene Siskel was kind of just a, a fucking douchebag. Well, F- fuck him. Also, Ebert was a fat ass that couldn't get the fuck up off the chair. Right. So what else? Did now you're thinking of um, Kevin Smith, right? Wh- uh, which Ebert? Kevin Smith? The one that was no. in Clerks, or yeah. the other one? You're thinking of Kevin Sorbo, who is socially fat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No. No matter how many sit-ups he does, Hercules he's still socially fat. And whatever right-wing uh, Christian oh, vehicle fuck he's that guy. God's now. Not Dead Part 17. Yeah. I, I promise, God's Not Dead. Please. I will Actually, you know, it's awesome. Like, if you've ever read a biography of Ebert, like, everybody everybody thinks of... You have to remember that he was relatively old when he got Siskel and Ebert. And, like, if you read, like, his biography, um, if you read, like, his early days as a journalist... Like it is a tale of like hard drugs and dark corners and oh fuck like, bacon like, like Ebert Ebert lived a pretty rock star uh, until until he settled down into movie criticism and got married like he lived a pretty crazy life like he was a hard drinker nice. closed out bars partied uh, fairly intensely like he's he's not a guy you look and at still outlived like Cisco how do you get to the point in life where you'd be like all right I'm the guy that's gonna tell you what you're gonna think about this movie. And you're going to take me out to a bar and buy me every fucking drink. I, I don't know. You uh, wait well, he, he was a straight journalist for a while before he was a movie critic. So he yeah. was doing like crime reporting and normal newspaper stuff. So and, not even famous stuff and people were buying him fucking drinks and stuff. Uh, I, don't I don't know if people don't were, know. I don't know if people were buying him, but he was, he was definitely like, like, like if you've ever worked in journalism, it's one of those fields where like you go and get crocked after work because you saw some shit that day. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And Still his, not as good as his biography is surprisingly intense. He's not the teddy bear you look at. And oh, really? 
Yeah, he's he's huh. pretty um, interesting. Pr- pretty pretty big, uh, pretty wild guy in his in his youth. All right. Um, well, okay. So we got. I'm officially. Pumpkin. I, I do want to um, slip this in here. Uh, apologies to Lars Peterson who asked some questions on on the group, and we totally didn't get to any of them. And and no apologies to Chris O four because you know, <laughs> fuck, you, fuck that dude. Screw yeah. that. <laughs> Love you, stick. Yeah. All right. So, uh, dude, it was a good conversation. It was a lot of fun, man. And actually, you're you're in the group, right? You could go like reply to them and say it in person because we we. Go, oh yeah. yeah are right. we were we streaming this or was this to be no no no, no 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 we're no, no. gonna we're gonna edit this down so uh we'll, we'll take out all the stupid shit that uh john said and yeah pretty much <laughs> they normally just edit me out altogether <laughs> it's good all the stuff about you know woody <laughs> allen and Steve Dude, all, all the fucking hitler stuff yeah that's all coming out well no i, I think we should probably get rid of the the time when woody allen seems to go you know gang raped a, a 14 year old so yeah. Making more work for stuff. Good job. Good job. Okay, Matt, once I again. Did, for the record, I looked it up, and um, uh, according to Sunni, if she's to be taken at her word, she didn't meet Woody Allen until she was in 11th grade. Oh, well, that's okay. Then. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. She was, a, was, she was already, at least 14. He was already divorced from her mother, and never like he never, she never slept under Woody Allen's roof. He was always her mother's ex-husband. So... You know, the the thing I love about males is they will dig themselves a little hole, and then sometimes they'll just circle back around and dig a little bit more. Hey, I'm not saying it's not creepy. Uh, I'm just saying it's not illegal. Okay. And that's that, that's why he's never been canceled, canceled. No, I mean, I, 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 I think this was definitely litigated back no, in like the, the late 80s or whatever. he hasn't been canceled for the same reason that fucking twit from um, the, the girls show on HBO hasn't been canceled when she wrote a biography about fingering her little sister or whatever the hell she's basically she sodomized her little sister and she you know whatever yeah that that was in her book and it was a confessional autobiography and nobody canceled her because she's on the inside of that well that's good that we have Woody Allen's on the inside of cancel culture I don't think Woody Allen's on the inside of anything not at all no he's on the inside I think he's on the inside of that the casket I hope he's on the okay Good talk. Well, no, no, he's going to hell. I'm not going to like hell. I'm said, just pointing out the obvious. Like I said, I don't give him my ticket money, and I don't particularly care if he lives or dies. I'm just saying. Like, people always ask how come he's not in jail or something. It's because they really have this thing in mind where, like, he, like he raised her, and, like, they were essentially adults when they met. Well, so that's like you, you get, they, you get the they, media they, reporting on something, and then you've got the, the facts. Like that. Whatever. I probably am going to hell. But so basically, the only thing we really called bullshit on on this episode was Woody Allen being a you know a child rapist. Um, so, but well, there, unlike Steven Seagal. <laughs>